Yeah, what's up, everybody? Hi, hi, hi. How's it going out there tonight here on the best show? It's a Tuesday here. Wait, one month is it already? It's April. How'd that happen? How did one quarter of 2022 go away already? That's bonkers. Bonkers. That that went away. One quarter's gone already. Well, we keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward. We got some work to do. And uh, tonight on The Best Show, first of all, my name's Tom. I'm the host of The Best Show. It's so nice to meet you if you're new to the show. And if you're not, welcome back. It's great to have my old friends coming back through that door. And I know there's a lot of people feel like they know the show better than other people. Well, guess what? Everybody knows part of the show. Not everybody knows the whole thing. Kind of like how I felt when I got hooked on Will Smith. And when I realized, I thought I knew everything about him. It was unbelievable. I was, I was so convinced that I knew the whole deal. And then I get in an argument with, I was in, a, in an argument with someone else in the, Big Willie uh, community. And we were arguing. About just what our favorite song to get pumped up uh, is. And also, that's going to be an upcoming topic. Do deal. Write that down, please. What's your pump? What, what do you do to get pumped up? That's a topic for the best show. Please write that down. No, nothing. I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. Sorry, I was typing. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. And um, yeah, we're we're talking about what music is best to get pumped up. And I said I get pumped up listening to uh, "I Can't Stop" is my favorite one to get pumped up to. You know, of course, off of you know what album? So you can say the album name, Jason. Big yeah. Willie, Big Willie style. No, it's on Born to Rain. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. I only had Big Willie Style, and he's the DJ. I'm the rapper. Yeah, well. So it's on me. There's plenty more there. There's plenty more there. Um, So we're arguing over which song gets us most pumped up. And then then my friend starts saying they get pumped up listening to uh, Will 2K. And I was like, well, look, that's a great song. It's one of the standouts on Millennium. Um, but it's not the best, but then we both agreed on that was an argument, but then we both agreed on one thing that the Christmas EP he put out is probably the, 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 the hidden chestnut, no pun intended in terms of Christmas stuff, the chestnuts roasting on an open fire, um, that his Christmas record is one of the the best Christmas records we've ever heard. Now, have you heard you've heard his Christmas record, right, guys? Who here? I got. I'm asking only just it's like it's a rhetorical question. I know you three all know the Christmas album. Oh, hold on! I got I got to press a button. Still, hold on. 
There we go. Wait, no, did I do it? <gasps> no, that and that. There we go. Now, now I took care of all the tech stuff. Sorted that tech biz out. So, um, yeah, I, I know, I know, Pat and Mike and Jason. I can assume that yes, you know the Christmas album. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on this show. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I have it on picture disc. <laughs> you, I'm still you getting over the, I'm still getting over the fact that I missed out on an album called Millennium. That came out in 1999. You didn't miss out. It's there for you the yeah. whole time. You were I also know, too but... worried about Y2K. <laughs> I'm 22, 22 years late to the party, though. Well, the party's still going, though. It's that's true. the beauty of that's a big that's the that's the beauty of being a member of the Big <laughs> Willie community. The party don't stop. Uh, the big business. <laughs> Yeah, the Christmas. I got to do a search of how many other people named albums with Ennium at the end of it that Mm -hmm. year. I'm sure that wasn't the only one. Scannered Ennium. Okay, okay, you got one right off the bat. Yeah. Well, look, you you guys can argue all about that all you want. All I know (laughs) is that this Will Smith Christmas record. Is is uh, is something that the fan base has been rallying around in this very troubling week. Um, what so is, yeah, I figured, what is it called? What? what is it called? Will Smith Christmas Joy to the World. I knew that. I just wanted to make sure everyone out there knew. Yeah. Fine. You want to hear a little bit of it? I'd love to. That was a trick. <laughs> I tricked you. Uh-huh. I got gotcha. you. It's not the same Will Smith. That was a trick. I wanted to see who fell for it. I'm trying to expose the frauds in the Will Smith community and Dudio, you just <laughs> you just exposed yourself as yeah. a, as a, as a as a as a, a, a huckster. I, I am a huckster. I'm an outsider. I'm, I'm no longer part of the big oh, Willie, big the Willie Will style council. I love the Will Smith Christmas album so much. Now there's a different Will Smith, a piano player named Will Smith. Yeah, that's the one I meant. Oh, you almost, I almost caught him, and he escaped with a, on a technicality. So look. Will we talk more about Will Smith tonight? Probably not. This might be it. Who knows, though? We go where the conversation goes. The One of the reasons we won't be talking a whole lot about Will Smith tonight is he didn't release any double albums. And we're talking about what are the best double albums. I mean, look, do I wish he released a double album? Of course. His stuff, his stuff would sound so slamming on vinyl. Can you imagine getting a fancy stereo system, a Macintosh, uh, 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 the speaker and the, the turntable and the whole thing, and then you put a Will Smith record on it? Say you got a copy of, of uh, Lost and Found on vinyl, right? And you put that thing <laughs> on the player. 
you put that record down. And if it's a double album, you put that down. And the second you hear uh, Mr. Nice Guy blasting from that thing on vinyl, I guarantee that's a game changer. Party starter. Can you imagine what party starter would sound like on vinyl? Because it would feel like you're in the room with him recording the thing. Oh, it's just like it's, I don't know why I'm taunting myself with this. It's not on vinyl. I'm really. You think, you know, now that his, his uh, movie career may be on hold for a little while, do you think maybe he'll go back to the music? Oh, fingers I mean, I'm crossed. trying to. Trying to see uh, see the light through at the end of this. Yeah, tunnel. no. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. He would. Um, fingers crossed. He would decide. Uh, he would. He would. Uh, he would, it would put uh, put the acting on pause because he also he just hit the ultimate triumph. He won an Oscar. Yeah. But now you got your Oscar. I got to say this for 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 Will Smith. It's egot time. It's egot time, Will. We all know his status with Emmys, right? We all know the deal. I think you know a little more than I do. Well, he has an Emmy. Okay, he's got one. Okay. Yeah. For being a a producer. Oh. Did you know that, uh, Dudio? I didn't know that. What was he the producer? Well, that was a trick because he didn't. Because there's a different Will Smith one one for producer oh, Veep. I thought we were talking about the Veep producer Will Smith. Are we not talking about? No, we're not. No, we're okay. Not. That's what I meant. Okay. Look, we're gonna get there. Me and the Will Smith fans, we'll get there. He's got a Grammy. <laughs> He's got an Oscar. He don't got no uh, Tony, and he don't got no uh, he got don't got no Emmy. Hang tight, Will. We're gonna get you both. <laughs> We're gonna get you both. The big Willie fans are gonna rally behind you, get you both. But that's not what we're talking about now. I wanted to maybe I'll approach like Light in the Attic or a label like that about putting the albums out on vinyl. Right? Maybe they'll do. Maybe uh maybe uh some audiophile versions of those would be good, like those uh, those mass those high end mast remastered ones. Also, they're doing they're doing a series of those for like Van Halen records. We talked about this on the show already. I don't get it. What are you gonna get? It sounds like the it sounds like the last thing you'd want to do is hear more detail on a van halen record wow listen to that average drumming and that substandard bass playing so because sometimes there's a group like red hot chili peppers great guitarist great bass player great drummer awful singer three are strong one is weak conversely van halen great guitar player terrible bass player terrible drummer truly terrible singer there's only one good member of the band that should be another discussion for another day because today we're talking about double albums 201-332-3484 is a number you get in on the action and we got some other conversation we're going to be talking about wrestling and all sorts of stuff so get ready because that clock on the wall tells me that it's best show time right 
You ready for the bu- 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 best show? Who's ready for the bu- 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 best? I'm not going to keep doing that. That's all for me. <laughs> Get it, you get it. How we doing? Yeah. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? Yeah, welcome back to the best show. We just heard two songs there. One is tied to our topic. One is tied to our topic. One is, this ain't no picnic by the Minutemen. Double nickels on the dime. Was that 84? Some good stuff, Jack. Came out in 84, I think 84, right? Come on. Come on, Tom. What's your, what's going on with your, 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 your bleeping brain here? Yeah, that's that's way up there. For top double albums. Because that's the topic tonight. What's the best double album? And then we heard something that had nothing to do with double albums to start the show. Something was stuck in my head for uh, all of today. Which comes from an EP. The opposite of a double album. It was uh, The Breeders with Safari from the EP of the same name. That's some good stuff, man. Good stuff. But now it's best show time, and here we are 
doing the best show the way we do it each and every Tuesday night. And the phone number is 201-332-3484. And it's time to talk to you about the double albums. Let's do it to it. Uh, Pat, anybody calling anybody? I wish I could say yes. Oh, no. I wish I could say that there were five calls on hold. Oh, but can't, but you can't, can you? I can tell you yeah, that. Oh, look, look at that. Look at that. You got me again. One, it's two, April three, Fool's all over again. One, two, three, four, skip five, six. There we go. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. It's like it's like April Fool's. You got me again. Another April Fool's. Uh, uh, I feel like an April Fool all over again. Throw me the throw me one, Pat, please. Here you go. Hello, Best Show. Hey, Tom. It's Macro from Seattle. Macro from Seattle. Now, this is a longtime caller to the Best Show. This is a good, this is a classic caller. This is somebody who's been there through thick and thin and is still here, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Macro. Uh, how are you doing these days? Um, I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm just thinking of ways to just stay at home and have fun. So I avoid, uh, not getting sick basically. So that's the way to do it. You can get, you can avoid, uh, the coronavirus by staying at home. So yeah, that's the way to do it. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you do uh, for food? What do you do for food? Um, I, I mean, I head out to the supermarket, uh, across the street and I've just been learning how to make, make my own recipes. So what's your, what's your go-to recipe now? What's the one that, the one that, uh, that, 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 that you feel you could now, if you were to make a fast dinner and, and somebody's coming over, you could put together and you know, they'd be impressed. Hopefully they'll be impressed with the, uh, my breakfast burritos, which are which are all day. But it's there. It's, it's since I'm vegan now, I'm doing this tofu scramble, which yeah. I've got nailed down with the spices and everything. So mm. yeah, you keep how spicy do you make your breakfast burritos? Not too spicy. Not just too spicy. Like just just enough. A little kick. Give it a little kick. A little zip. A little zing. A zing. A zing. Yeah. A zing. A zing, yeah, exactly. A little zing, yeah. That sounds like the way to do it. And and so you're saying that uh, breakfast is served all day at your place? Uh, for the past two weeks, it has. Yeah. Okay. Do you think? I wonder if the 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 cooks at like a diner when they have breakfast served all day are they just like. Are they bummed about that, or is that good because it's fast to just make it make a, an omelet? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, wonder, I, I wonder. I wonder where they stand on that. I've never. I never worked at a place that served breakfast all day, but uh, I mean, aside from eggs and and bread, like they're pretty common things to get. So I'm guessing it's easier than a lot of dinner things. So I don't know though. Well, you know what we do know is that you called in cause I'm assuming you have something for the topic. 
I do. And the topic is best double album. Yes. And look, I also want to say this. We're talking about best double album. Of course, everybody can say Exile on Main Street, White Album. Let's try to crack it open. Let's try to crack it open. Let's get some non-rock things in there so we can all uh, expand our collective horizons if we all get a little too uh, rocky. You know what I mean? Um, do you want me to choose a non-rock one? No, no. I want to, I'm just saying in general, if you've got, if you've got non-rock ones to call in about, call in with them is all I'm saying. But I want to hear the rock ones too. I looked at, that's where I live. I live on the rock side of street, but I, I like going to different neighborhoods too. So what do you got macro? So I got, uh, let me just say one other thing. I'm so sorry to keep cutting off. I'm not here. On the whole, this is a positive experience on the whole tonight. I'm not here to tell you why you're wrong about the double album you like so much, unless there's probably there's going to be a few cases of that. But beyond that, on the whole, it's a supportive thing for your pitches. There's going to be a few that don't that don't make the cut, in my opinion. But on the whole. I'm going to be supportive, and I want to hear what you got. There we go. All righty. So I chose uh, Yeti by Amandul 2. Mm. Amandul 2, the the kind of, uh, how would you describe it? Is it crazy? It's kind of kraut rocky, Amandul 2. Right? Yeah, I mean they're 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 under that umbrella of like German psychedelia, basically. Yeah, but they're, they're the whole thing is they've never to me they've never been pure. They've never been as as in line with when you have your 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 noise and your your cans and your clusters and your all those. They've they they always had a little bit of a, a, a kind of a, a shambling shambling. Uh, Dirty hippie vibe, but in yeah, a good like, way. Like, yeah, they're closer to like Jefferson Airplane and the Stooges, whereas Cannonoy, they're more Teutonic, basically. That's more about minimalism and the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's there. Yeah, that, that, thank you. That's a good way of putting it. So you put Yeti up there. That's a good choice. And when did you first come across that album? Like in the mid to late nineties is when all of these great, like, like especially German psychedelic uh, albums just finally got CD reissues because they were, I mean, my taste hadn't evolved to that point yet. And if it had like those records were hard to find at the time. So I had the CD for the longest time, but um, you know, a few, a, a number of years back, I, I finally found an original. So that made me very happy. Mm-hmm. How much? How much did you drop for that original? <laughs> uh, it wasn't as much as it is now, thankfully. But uh, it, at the time, it was quite a bit of money. So mm-hmm. you can throw it. You can flash it around. How much you pay? <laughs> um, it would be the cost of three new albums today. 
You dropped about you dropped about seventy five bucks. Yeah, it's it's close to that. Eighty. You oh. dropped ninety bucks on it. It was a ninety dollar record. Uh, no, you, you you got it right the second time. Okay, well, you drop eighty bucks on it. That's fine. Oh my god, that's a that's a steal for most things. Be proud of that. Be proud of that macro. Don't run from that number. Lean into it. Well, that's a good call. You got any other ones? Uh, I I could go on, but I, um, I'll just mention a couple. Um, let's I'll do a non-rock one. Okay. Uh, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. That's a great album. I mean, it's it's funny because sometimes when when people do their albums um, that are like because a double album a double album is a statement album for people. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you're saying, I'm going to put everything I'm interested in into this record. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. And it's it's kind of like a statement. They're, they're, they're statement albums. Yeah, it's like a, it's, there's some that are kind of like buffet double albums where it's like we're going to give you a little bit of everything we're into, as you just said, and you can listen to all of it, you can listen to part of it, whatever. Here it is. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing on a double album, side three. Side three is usually oh. when people start getting weird. Side, th- you know, side three gets a little odd on a lot of double albums. Like uh, yeah, like for, on for uh, Yeti, that's the that's the that's the that's the sidelong improvisation track. So yeah, that that check. Yeah. Whether your uh, whether your uh, uh, game theory and their uh, side three of uh, Lolita Nation, or you're talking about uh, MGMT and Siberian Breaks taking up side three of Congratulations, it's always uh, a, a fun. Side three is always the the X factor. Not always, but often is on the double album. The funny thing about the Stevie Wonder record is that it's kind of like one scooch outside of my favorite spot for Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still a great album. So you know what I mean? Like it's still. It's still yeah. not. Ex- it's not. It's not my. It's not what I would say is top of the top of the heap for his catalog, but it's, it's amazing. Is, it's, you wonder. Um, you know, I like the one. I like music from my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that. Yeah. Let me look at the list here. That also. Just I'm trying to remember. Years old. Yeah. What's that? 
the uh, music of my mind just turned 50. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And talking book and just like stuff like, you know, like that's really, it's, um, I like the early late sixties into early seventies, like when he's taking control of his business and really making a major statement is my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite, uh, Stevie wonder stretch. And when he gets a little more, uh, pro little slicker kind of around songs of the key of life is, you know, look, it's still great. I'm not going to put it down. Of course not. Well, one day what you think of journey into the secret life of plants, less so on that one. That's definitely a less, that's one I've never been able to. Yeah. That's never, never did anything for me. Um, I really like it. I'm not a plant though. I'm not a plant. (laughs) That's the problem. I'm not a plant. I'm human. Fair enough. Fair enough. If only it was if only if only I was a plant, I think I'd understand that album that album would work for me a lot more. Um one of the best things about uh about uh um man, I'm so sorry, I'm Ram I'm, Songs of the Key of Life is um is the, that it gave it it cleared the path for of course. You can say it. Uh, the, the journey, the journey of the secret life out. The, no, 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 no. For for Will Smith. Wild, wild west. It's got I wish on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so the way I look at that is Stevie went, put the baseball on top of the T-ball stand and the, the baseball had written on it, I wish. And then who walks up to the plate? Big Willie. And he says, Wild Wild West, and then knocks that thing out of the park. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith is kind of the Kevin Bacon of the universe these days. Kind of, yeah. Well, Macro, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. This is a great call, you rat bastard. Thank you. Oh, thank you. There he goes. There he goes. Look at that. Another call, please. Hello, Besha. Hi, Tom. Hi. To whom am I speaking? This is Colette from Athens. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're guess what? Everybody want to talk about double albums. We're going to keep going on that, but not right now. Unless, Colette, you must have an opinion on a, your favorite double album. What would it be? I, I do. Have a, uh, my, my pick would be uh, Outcast, uh, The Love Below, um, Speaker Box. Speaker Box, yeah, sure. Box. Super good. Um, but this WrestleMania was uh, a double album. It was two nights. Well, first of all, let me congratulate you on the a segue that was uh, that's a top notch segue. Uh, what's his face? Would never didn't make segues like that. Uh, <laughs> Job Bluth didn't do a segue the way you just did a segue. Um, so, yeah, this I want to say this, Colette. First of all, I saw a lot of it. I saw a lot of it this time. 
Yeah. So WrestleMania, which is a thing that happens once a year, mm-hmm. which is like the big event for the wrestle club of them was WWE wrestle world wrestling enterprises. That what it's called entertainment. Yes. Cause they were, cause they had to admit it was fake in court, mm-hmm. which made, which sounded like an actually like a liberating moment to be honest. <laughs> So then like that did happen, but so WrestleMania happens once a year and this year it happened in Texas yep, and, and then uh, Dallas, Texas. Was it at the, was it at the Cowboys uh, venue? I believe so. There were a lot of stars and like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders were there. So I don't think that they, they moved from place to place. They just, no, I don't think the Cowboys cheerleaders are, it's not a remote unit. I think they generally promote the Cowboys wherever the Cowboys do their thing. So, so it's there, it's there. It was Saturday and it was Sunday. And now I got an invite to go to someone's house and watch potentially both nights. And guess what I did? I went both nights. I went both nights. Yes. I I saw two nights of this garbage. <laughs> and all I need to say let's go one night at a time. Saturday night. The big the big uh the big show Saturday night with what were the big events on Saturday night? Uh Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled his first match yeah. in nineteen years. Which I want to talk about that. Talk about other things from Saturday night, then we will get to that. Because there might not be any show left by the time I'm done talking about whatever that was. <laughs> that might that might we that might take up the whole night. Well, let's give it a shot. Uh, well, the good the good match that happened that night, yeah, was, um, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the WWE Women's Championship. Okay. Um, did you see that one? I think I came in on that one. Okay. Um, it was like one of the rare WWE matches that was like a legitimately emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, is like someone that people really like in WWE. Um, she won the title at WrestleMania last year, but lost it in like eight seconds at SummerSlam. So people were really mad about that. Um, so her winning felt really great. Um, there was uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Freakin' Rollins. Uh, that's his full name. Okay. Um, that's the guy, there was one dude who was like wearing kind of like lace garters, which was actually a pretty good look. And the other guy mm-hmm. came in dressed like George Washington okay. and, he had a tattoo. and he had been away from WWE for like six years and it's supposedly a big deal, but he's back and like, you know, he talks a lot about his dad not winning the title. So he's, he's going to win the title for dusty Rhodes now. Um, and that's his thing. Um, Ronda Rousey lost, um, which was WWE saying trans rights. Very nice. Um, Wait, what, what was that saying? 
<laughs> they were saying trans rights. Was that? Oh, Ronda Rousey is a is a pretty infamous transphobe. Oh, okay. I I didn't know that for whatever reason. I did not know that. So that was uh, uh well, I was I saw that match, and that was <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seems like first of all, it seems like uh, Ronda Rousey was taking some makeup tips from uh, uh, Julia Fox there with the pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, so, but look, whatever, I'm not going to judge people's appearances, at least not uh, at this point in the, in the discussion. I think that might come in a little bit. So then you get to the main event, yeah. the main event is ostensibly a talk show. And I'm like, well, this thing's wrapping up. I guess I'll watch some of this talk show and then hit the road. So then 75 minutes later, the talk show was over. So who's, who's doing the talk show on this? Uh, the talk show host is Kevin Owens, who is uh, a French Canadian wrestler who wears like, you know, cool t-shirts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then he, comes out this is how it works I, I want to say this overall note about wrestling clearly they assume wrestling fans have nowhere better to be I've never seen anything take more time to get to every moment than what I saw this past weekend I never saw more Transylvania has less vamping uh, than this WrestleMania did. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It was. So this guy comes into the ring. Owen Klein. What's his name? Kevin, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes into the ring and he's got two chairs that look like they're from Office Max set up in the chair. Just two of those like okay office chairs that you'd buy. Being like, yeah, like well, the kind of thing you buy you, if you cheap out on an office chair, and then suddenly you're like, my back hurts. It's like, yeah, because you you bought some garbage chair. You should have just gone a little bit more. You're gonna be in that chair every day. Why'd you cheap out at the last second? So these two cheapo stands are thing, and a couple easels that have like what was written on them. The Owen Klein talk show. show? What was it? Yeah, yeah, the KO show. The KO show. So then he goes, I got a guest coming on the show. And this is, I don't like this guy. And we're where he lives, which is Texas. So I want to bring my guest. I'm going to interview him on my talk show. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So then that took 10 minutes to get to that moment, that point where he said, I'm going to interview this guy. So then Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is this fossil basically from, from yesteryear in wrestling, right? He's how long since he wrestled? 19 years, 2003. 2003 is the last time this guy, and when he wrestled then, it seems like not so hot. I'm sure he was on his last legs then. 
it was time for him to retire. He wrestled the rock. Uh, it was like oh. their third WrestleMania match and it's pretty legendary, but mm-hmm. yeah, he, he had who won that match. The rock won that match. The rock did. The rock did. Yeah. Cause they're passing the, the torch. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Except for now in WWE where like, you're supposed to get your ass kicked by someone who's like four times older than you are. So I'm watching this thing. Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up. And I'm trying to think who, who I can best equate this that he looks like. Well, he looks kind of like. He looks like that guy from Blade Runner who was like, time to die. The guy who was always in like. In always in things. He was like the. You know, you know that guy? That actor? Yeah. Isn't that Rucker Howard? No, it's not Rucker Howard. It's the other guy. The guy who was also in like the player and other things. Yeah. That guy. That guy with a shaved head. So he. Yeah, I see that. Starts walking down the the ramp. And then he gets on basically a, a scooter. What was it? it was like a golf cart, like a, like a, like a, like a military, uh, a reinforced golf cart. Yeah. And proceeds to drive it two miles an hour as if this is the most impressive thing anyone has ever seen that they just have this golf cart here for him to drive around on. It's not impressive. He's driving around this golf cart going so slow, taking the turn so easy He finally takes a, it takes another 10 minutes for this guy to get to the ring. So we're 20 minutes in at this point. Then he gets out, gets in the ring. The guy, Owen Klein, starts doing some Texas baiting, saying, you know, how dumb people in Texas are because they're in Texas. It's like, look, I always like those moments. Um, yeah. When, when you just troll straight up troll somebody. Um, classic. Yeah. So then bring up the sports team. Yeah. So there, so then the other thing is like Steve Austin, cause I guess now it's like, this isn't a normal wrestling thing. So he like curses. Like he says, yeah. like, you know, he says like the S and a H as if people are going to be, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Like, does anybody think there's any value attached to cursing in in a shot in a shocking regard? No, nobody yeah, cares. That's when there is. Well, in the real world, there isn't. <laughs> that's true. In the real world, there's not. I'm just saying, in the real world, it's not impressive for some guy to start calling somebody an sob and then say it's call throw the s around and the reason i'm not saying it is because i'm just trying to do this a family-friendly show unlike wrestlemania apparently so then this owen klein starts saying to the guy i'm gonna fight you i brought you here for different reasons i want to fight you i want to wrestle you now you haven't wrestled in 19 years i want to wrestle you and then they start this match First of all, neither of them take their shirt off. It's like two 
it's like two guys at the pool who are who are just like, yeah, I'm going to swim with my shirt on. I'm fine. Which again, I'm not judging it. You 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 don't want to take your shirt off. I get it. I don't like taking my shirt off particularly. Uh, but it's wrestling. People are kind of expecting some shirts to come off. Yeah. So then they start this match and they're punching, bonk, bonk, bonking each other, bopping each other over the heads. And it is a half hour of that. A half hour of these two. Now, is the other guy old also? No, he's not. He's not, but he certainly acted like he was old. <laughs> I think he was working down to the level of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh no, he was trying to. He was trying to. He was trying to. Uh, it's like playing basketball against an eight-year-old. You, <laughs> yeah. you can't block every shot. It would, it, you'd drive the kid. You'd drive the kid nuts. So this guy is being so like courteous in his in his thing, acting like this guy's like really hurting him, and they're throwing each other around, like th- quote unquote throwing each other around. The thing spills up and down the arena aisles. They're slapping each other and shoving each other. And then finally, what's it, what's Stone Cold Steve Austin's big move? The Stone Cold Stunner. The Stone Cold Stunner. So he does the Stone Cold Stunner on this guy like a couple times, right? Yeah, a few times. He does it a few times the stone cold stunner. And then he starts doing the, he then, and I'm not joking about this. After this guy gets laid out for the next 20 minutes, all that happens is stone cold. Steve Austin goes to different corners of the ring, catches his own beer, which is being thrown into him. And opens it and kind of just goes like, like with it, with most of the beer being on his shirt. Over and over and over. A good 20 minutes of watching someone pour beer on their own shirt. And this crowd is going bonkers watching that. And I guess he has some some trash beer or something. What, what's his beer called? Um, I think that he has an IPA, and I think that he has like a um, like an American Lager, like it's like Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. So this, yeah. Times during the match. Have you tried it? Oh, I'm sober. <laughs> like no way. I'm going back for that. You sure, you don't want to go out in a blaze of glory. With some stone cold, like, I don't know, sober, not sober. No one should be. It seems like that stuff seemed like it. It. it, I could. It seemed like I wasn't even near it, and it seemed just like bad, cheap beer. And I don't like beer. It's good for your shirt. What's that? It's good for the fun of your shirt. His shirt was soaking wet from beer. It's like a waterfall running off of it. Yeah, he was drinking these beers, 
pouring them all over his shirt. His shirt soaked. And he was like drinking beer during the match and like spitting it on the guy and like <laughs> spitting it on people. Just spitting his beer everywhere. And it's just it was like a commercial. It was like a beer commercial for the next 20 minutes. Am I exaggerating? No. No. It was literally the whole show was him popping open a beer, pouring it on it, pouring it into his mouth, like, but most of it spilled on his shirt over and over and over. And that was night number one of WrestleMania. Yep. Wikipedia says that went 13 minutes and 55 seconds. The beer. The beer part of it, the, beer, the match, the beer part, the whole of it. match. No, there's no way. That's there's no way. I think that match might still be going on right now. Actually, <laughs> I think time. I think it's like a, it's like Dunkirk, where my reality is that that was a week long, but now I'm doing this at the same time that that happened. Um, there's a conflicting timelines happening here. Yeah. Um. So then night two, I get back in there and I'm like, well, this better deliver because that was pure garbage. What I just witnessed (laughs) was maybe the dumbest thing I'd ever witnessed in my life. And I've seen some pretty dumb stuff. So then first match I see is, um, what would it have been? It was before the uh, the the one you know I loved. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Almost. Yeah, I saw that. That that seemed functional. Seemed yeah. person per, perfectly okay. fine. Yeah. So then that happens, and then I then I hear. Guess what? Johnny Knoxville is going to wrestle some other dude. And what was this guy's name? Sammy Zane. Now, what is your opinion of Sammy Zane? I think Sammy Zane is one of the best professional wrestlers of his generation. And I think that he and Johnny Knoxville had one of the five best WrestleMania matches of all time. I want to say this for me. Look, I've seen less wrestling than you have, obviously Colette, but I want to say this. Johnny Knoxville wrestling Sami Zayn was so entertaining. <laughs> I could not handle how entertaining it was. I flipped out because I guess they've been having some back and forth over the last bunch of months leading yeah. to this. So Johnny Knoxville comes out and there is a cosmic melding of moments when you hear the opening of the jackass theme as played by the Minutemen, which is one of the uh, one of the artists responsible for one of the best double albums of all time double nickels on the dime the Minutemen. when you hear playing over the pa with all these all these chuds, basically uh, 70,000 chuds in attendance. And suddenly the Minutemen have met Vince McMahon 
and the chuds in the same moment, I was like, this is, this is, as Art Bell would say, the quickening. The quickening <laughs> has begun. Humankind is in a in fast ascent. The computers will take over soon, but this was a good signal. So then it starts, and Johnny Knoxville comes out dressed like some old timey wrestler. Like he's dressed like he like he stopped off at he like he stopped off at Target and bought whatever he thought would look good for wrestling. Some goggles. Like long sleeve shirt, <laughs> like some sweatpants, um, um, some like Chuck Taylors. I think he had on. Yeah, the goggles are so interesting to me. Yeah. So he comes out like that. He starts re- wrestling this guy, Sami Zayn, and. First of all, Sami Zayn's they start pulling props out from under the ring. They each have props hidden under the ring. A table covered in mouse traps, for example. Old fashioned uh metal garbage can, the kind of garbage can they don't make anymore, I don't think. I think those are only of of those are only made for wrestling at this point. I think someone someone said that at the th- what's that? The boot that's on a fulcrum was good. There was a boot, like a crotch kicker, like basically a boot on a fulcrum that when you pull the lever back toward you, the boot goes out the other way and gives you a good womp in the in the crotch. Um, so then Johnny Knoxville started to get the, the tar beat out of him early. Like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. He's going to lose. He's going to lose. I can, uh, I'm worried. But then who enters the ring? Chris Pontius in full party boy. He rips his, his tear away pants and shirt. And suddenly he's in the bow tie and this, the speedo <laughs> dancing around. And then the Sammy Zayn knocks him, knocks him out. And you're like, Oh no, what's going on? And you can also see on the sideline, Jasper and Dark Shark from the new movie and Jeff Tremaine, the director of the Jackass movies, are there. And they're like helping drag props out and whatnot. So then Johnny Knoxville gets his old-fashioned garbage can, takes the two lids, clonks them the way you go like cymbals in a in a in an orchestra. Like over his head and then the Sami Zayn goes to pull under the ring to pull something else out and then he goes flying backwards like what just happened to him well guess what bleeping wee man was under there the whole time wee man was under the ring (laughs) so wee man comes out starts getting into it and what does Wee Man do? He picks this dude up. And what would you call that move that he did? Oh, he did a full body slam. He did a full body slam. He, he body slammed this dude. I couldn't contain my joy at that point. <laughs> but that wasn't even it. 
it had just begun because there's a point that when this Sami Zayn goes up on the turnbuckle, getting ready to jump down and do some power move and, and clonk Johnny Knoxville, who's laid out on his back, but then Johnny Knoxville's hand goes up and you're like, wait, what, what's going on? And he presses a button that apparently triggers some some weird sparks that go off behind the guy on the top of the turnbuckle, which sends him falling. And they're chasing after him. And then the hand, the giant hand from the movie slaps him on the side. And then he gets hit in the crotch with the crotch kicker. But then as if that's not enough, they bring out a giant mouse trap, a human-sized mouse trap, and this is after Sami Zayn flew onto the table full of mouse-sized mouse traps. So he ends up getting caught in a human-sized mouse trap, and was truly stuck inside that thing. For five minutes past the point that he should have been stuck inside of it. I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it was so joyous. And I was said, I said, if that's what wrestling was actually like, I'd be in bad shape because I'd be watching wrestling every (laughs) week. I'd be, I'd be hooked like, one one of one of you poor souls who are who are just signed up apparently did some lifelong contract with this thing and you're trapped forever because you love it but you but you hate it at the same time but you still love it you're trapped by it i get it i got things i'm trapped by that keep coming back for over and over again look at me and cc's pizza <laughs> I think that's I went, probably the most apt comparison. <laughs> I went there three times. I'm just like, first time. Saw the commercials on TV. Let's go to CC's Pizza. Boy, that was terrible. Um, they finally opened. That was when I was in North Carolina. I see one. Hey, CC's Pizza's in New Jersey now. Well, I guess I'll check that out. Boy, that was terrible. See a commercial on TV. CC's has a new menu. Well, I got to check that out. <laughs> go there. Well, still terrible. Might be new. What's not new is how terrible it is. That's my, my CC's pizza is my pro wrestling. Then I watched a match where the, uh, it was like a whole bunch of ladies were fighting each other, including one, one, one who had a mask on for some reason. Carmella. Yeah. She's protecting her face because it's beautiful or something. Okay. I gotta say this. I was just like, I think I like Carmella. She seems cool. <laughs> I have no idea. I like that mask looked like a uh it was just like one of those like like uh like uh hydration masks you'd put on or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, so Carmella, and then Carmella lost, though. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped watching at that point. Aw. 
Yeah, sorry. You missed out on so much. What did I miss? Uh, you missed out on um, the wrestling debut of Pat McAfee. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Pat McAfee seems to be some sort of announcer. He's Yeah, he's an announcer with WWE, but he's a former right. NFL punter and current podcasting okay. menace. That's right. He's the one who gives uh, Aaron Rodgers a platform for his... <laughs> for his awesome takes on things. Um, oh, and I heard Vince McMahon came back out. He's like 99 years old, but he came out and, and fought or something. Yeah. After Pat McAfee beat Austin theory, uh, who was like Mr. McMahon. Uh, I don't know why I'm giving the honorific. Uh, well, it's so funny. You say Mr. McMahon, I was at this thing and my friend, Tony said he was recounting something. He said, Mr. McMahon did this. I was just like, Tony, can I ask you a favor, please? Can you stop calling him Mr. McMahon. That's been his name forever, though. What? That's been his name in wrestling forever. He's not Vince. Oh, I don't care. It sounds awful. It sounds. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds weirdly subservient. The way people talk about Robert Kraft, the owner of the 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 uh, the Patriots. Well, Mr. Kraft said this and Mr. Kraft said that. And it's just like, you're just like, we so reverent with this guy, Mr. Kraft. Guy owns a team. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. So McMahon has wrestled a couple times. So when, when, as you say, Mr. McMahon came out, were you, when you say it. were you excited? You were like, ooh, Mr. McMahon. I'm sorry. I'm the, no. I don't know why I'm picking on you like that. Um you were you just were you just did you expect him to come out? Yeah, I did. I did. I expected him to come out. Um but every time I see him, like lately, like over the past four years, it's like uh staring in the face of the eventuality that we all die. That's what Mr. McMahon looks like, if I can call him Mr. in this instance. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't look, look, he looks amazing and not amazing at the same time. He's stuck between worlds. He's, yeah, he's, it's a unique phenomenon to see him. And I'm looking at pictures now. Apparently he was wearing some sort of wrestler or some like referee stripes or something. No, he was wearing normal clothes, and then he took them off and had a tank top on. But I guess but was the tank top striped? No, 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 no. He wasn't the referee at all. He was just at ringside observing. And then okay. when McAfee won. Oh, I see a picture now. Yeah, there he is. Match. Well, look, Vince McMahon is how old is he? He's 76, I think. Well, for a 70, God bless him for a 70. It's also God bless him. It's just like this guy's a... A, a legitimate bad human. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I say God bless him in the colloquial sense. Uh, but he's he's jacked beyond belief. But he just looks uncomfortable in his own skin. Have you seen what happened? No. Okay, Tom. Um, I'm going to send a video of part of what happened to the best show Twitter account because you need to see it. Okay. Um, it involves Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, but 
before Stone Cold Steve Austin got involved, he uh, was challenged to a match by Pat McAfee and accepted um, and did all kinds of weird stuff um, with Pat for like three minutes. Like he threw clotheslines that looked like a grandma was throwing them um, and like punted a ball into Pat's stomach, which was actually kind of cute. Um, oh, I heard, I heard that actually he did like some move that they actually like seemed to be like laughing because it was so bad. That's what I am sending to the uh, best show account right they now. Do that. Yes. Uh, um, uh, hopefully that works. But um, yeah, after, after Pat McAfee lost to a 76 year old man, uh, um, Steve Austin's music hit again, and he took a million years to get out to ringside and did the same mm-hmm. thing that he did with uh, Kevin Owens. Only he did it with Vince McMahon, who is his like, you know, his rival of like 30 years at this point um, since like 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vince McMahon, you know, he's like an idiot. So he trusts Steve Austin when he hands him one of his terrible beers. Uh, and while he's drinking it, Steve Austin kicks him in the gut and delivers the stone cold stunner, um, which you saw to, you to saw Vince McMahon. Yeah. He delivers one to 76 year old Vince McMahon. And it is, uh, it is amazing. I don't know if you've got it pulled up yet, but I think you'll like it. You sent it to the best show Twitter? To the Twitter account, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Funny thing, I don't do the best show Twitter. That's on me. Some guy named Keith handles it. Um, I didn't know that. Um, Let me see. I'm going to retweet it. Hang on one sec. Thanks, Pat. Now, this... Well, let me just say this about wrestling. It certainly seems like you're all having a great time with it. Mm-hmm. It seems like you might want to schedule a few things to do in between in between uh, these things because there's a good 45 minutes between each event that seems like that time could be put to some good use. Hold on. Miss McMahon trying to get away. But Austin oh. stuns McMahon. Yeah, that, that was not a wrestling move. That was a... <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was like somebody dropping a grocery bag. Yeah. Or something. That was not, that was not a, a human that he did that move to. <laughs> it was a grocery bag. That's the worst one since he stone cold stunned Donald Trump, like at WrestleMania 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is this is, this oh, is so, I uh, look, you have fun. I did. I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching the wrestling stuff. The Johnny Knoxville thing is one of the best things imaginable. I'd recommend that to anybody who wants to have a good time. The rest of it. I don't know so much. It might not be for me. Probably not. No. Rank it on a scale of one to ten, please, Colette WrestleMania for this year. Um I thought it was an eight, and I think it's one of the three best WrestleManias ever. Oh boy. <laughs> boy oh boy oh boy. None of the other WrestleManias had Johnny Knoxville on it. No, that's true. But to me, WrestleMania, the greatest moment in it shouldn't be someone who isn't a part of wrestling. 
You know what I mean? He'll be in the Hall of Fame eventually. But it should be like they should bring what's his face back for it. Hillbilly Jim. Oh. Why don't they bring him back? <laughs> I okay. I don't I don't want to drag this on any longer than it should, but the other notable thing that happened was the Undertaker did a Hall of Fame speech. Uh-huh. Um I don't know if you're familiar with the Undertaker. Yeah, he's an old old ghost or something, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a spooky ghost. Yeah. Um and he did a speech in a righteous gemstones looking suit with a Garth Brooks microphone and told the audience that they could succeed in life if they followed his mental moves. And usually these things are like, you know, tear stained, like love letters to the fans that sustain them along the way. But the Undertaker's out there talking about how perception is reality. Yeah, so he did. He took a page out of Will Smith's uh, acceptance speech of just like, <laughs> let's uh, Pedro Aldemovar said, uh, did I say that right? Yeah, I said it right. Said uh, uh, Almodovar. I'm sorry. I'm. He said that 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 Will Smith's acceptance speech was not unlike a cult leader. <laughs> he, <just> said, <laughs> he said that was not an award winner. That was not unlike a cult leader. Um, yeah. and now it seems like the Undertaker is. It seems like these seems like these guys they get that platform and they decide they're gonna. They decide this is their moment to launch their cult. Oh, he said that the three most important people in his life in order were his wife, Jesus Christ, and Vince McMahon. That's the other notable thing. He said in that order? <laughs> in that order. Well, that's, that's, and look, whatever you think about Jesus Christ, I'm going to say this. If you're going to put Jesus Christ on your list, you kind of got to put him first. Yeah. You, know, you don't get to go. Yeah. Jesus Christ is so important to me, but he's coming in second on this list. <laughs> I think that means you might you might want to brush up on on uh, your Christianity. I think you kind of got to put Jesus in the number one spot. It's weird, but yeah, great WrestleMania. Um, really fun weekend. I had a I had a good time with it, mostly because I was. Uh, trash talking it on Twitter. Um, WrestleManias aren't to answer your question about non wrestlers being, uh, the focal point. I don't think that you can measure a WrestleMania by like how good the show was. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to measure a WrestleMania by how many like tweets you get out of it. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's, that's shifting the burden completely <laughs> off of them. <laughs> And at one of the matches, someone else drove like a car one mile an hour also. I'm just like, are people that impressed by just the existence of vehicles? Like, the whole point of like having some insane sports car is that you're supposed to tear ass up and down the road 100 miles an hour. Not like, look at this fancy car. Watch me drive it one mile an hour inside. As if driving it inside is some big, oh, my God, that car is inside the world's biggest football stadium. Okay. They better not leave it running. Yeah, that was. 
Well, Colette, I appreciate the reporting. It's my pleasure. I am so happy that you saw it. Um, I think that your, your take was more, more uh, fair and balanced than mine. Do you have a rating for it? Like, what would you rate it? I, I, can't, I honestly can't. I have no frame of reference <laughs> for what that was. I remember I worked when I was working on a, on, on the show monk, um, a writer, the Sopranos was wrapping up at that point and there was the final episode was happening. And then this one writer who I, I'm not going to name came in and said, yeah, I watched the finale, uh, Sopranos. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't any good. I thought, I thought it sucked. And it's like, wait, you don't watch The Sopranos, though. It's like, no, that was the first episode I ever saw. It's like, well, well, please don't. Like, please. Why, first of all, why would anyone start with the final episode of something? It's the weirdest thing I ever heard in my life. Start with the series finale of it. And then to come in and say it wasn't good when everybody else is like, oh, I liked it. What about this? What about that? But like, yeah, I didn't think it was any good. Well, did you even know that that one guy was Tony? Like, <laughs> you sure you even know their names? Um, that was that was how I got into Breaking Bad, though. You started late? I started at the end. I started with the finale. Yeah, okay. Well, that show's stupid, though. Yeah. It was a fun kind of stupid, but I like wrestling, so yeah. That would be so. What if Walter White came out in a wrestling thing? It was just like, oh. what if it was Walter White and Tuco came out? <laughs> you might not know Tuco. Tuco uh, was a character not from the finale. <laughs> Colette. Yeah, there were a lot of like uh, white men. Todd. Todd came out. Yeah. Oh, Colette, thank you for the call. Thank you, Tom. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yep. Bye. Bye. Anybody here on the show watch WrestleMania? Pat? Mike? Yeah, Jason, I saw some Woody bits of Elkor. it. You saw some bits? You like yeah. it? <laughs> no, I, I pretty much agree with your overall commentary. Yeah, it's but... boring. It was so boring. <laughs> the amount of time they were taking... It Lots really of loud like, talking, you know that goes on continuously. Yeah, I mean the con- you haven't touched on the commentary that is sort of endless. Oh yeah, just... and, and and the mangling of of the language. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's on the uh, Fox and Friends level. You know it's like you you, you could I, I had to turn the sound down at certain points. I couldn't take any more of it. I watched certain things with with it on mute. There was one because, point where one of the one of the announcers said literally said the phrase while they're while they're wrestling said oh my god please no <laughs> which my, stuck in my, my head you don't say that's what you say when you're on the titanic my, you don't my favorite <laughs> at a, re, a, re, a wrestling oh my god please yeah, no yeah. my favorite was the in, when when the intimidator fails to intimidate he becomes the intimidated. 
I'm like, yeah. what? It's like, and yeah, I mean, that's uh-huh. that yeah. that one just jumped to the top for me. And that's when the you intimidator know. fails to intimidate, they become the intimidated. Yes. Well, I mean, it's know, not it's, it's not wrong. <laughs> no, it's not wrong. But, but I mean, it's, it's just like the the clanging, you know, the the echoes, you know. Just say, oh, they're just filling. They're just filling with word word sounds. Yeah, they're vibrating the air. Yeah, yeah. It, so. <laughs> these are not valid. There's no value to the words being said. And, and it was a rotating cast, so like one came in after the other, and they were just as bad. You know, it was there was like no improvement in any of the commentary. Uh, oh, another so, general yeah. observation is that you know I kept looking for the audience to see see some kids. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up on it, you know, when I was a kid. Actually, you know, I was from the very beginning when Vince McMahon was doing a doing this from a he was on a UHF channel in Philadelphia. And he was like the stiffest announcer you could ima- ma- imagine. We used mm-hmm. to laugh at him, you know, yeah. me and my brothers. We thought it was hilarious, this this stiff guy, you know, the way his delivery. But, you know, we, we had fun with it when you're a kid. You know, it's like it was like a, a sort of a. A secret thing, you know, UHF channel. It was actually mm-hmm. on two two Philadelphia uh, channels, twenty nine and seventeen, and um, you know, and it was it was great. It's great for kids. And when I see the kids in the audience, they're having fun. You know, I think that's the way it should be. So you, you saw know, the kids. It, you saw the kids there, both of them. Yeah, you had you had to look hard. Yeah, no, there's, there's no kids there. It's all <laughs> there's all these slack jawed guys in the front. Yeah. You know, blocking, blocking, blocking the kids' views. Yeah, exactly. Taking up yeah. the seats. Yeah, taking up the seats, blocking their view. Yeah. But, you know, every once in a while they pan and you see a, a family, you know, the father and the kids. And, you know, that's good. That's the way it should be, you know. God forbid a, God forbid a child get a seat at this thing, <laughs> uh, at these wrestling matches. I mean, I, I worked one. They had one a few years at MetLife Stadium, and I worked that that event. And it was it was sort of a festive occasion. It was. I mean, it was kind of everybody's in a good mood. People dress up for it. There were lots of costumes. I didn't really see a lot of that at this one. But when I did it, you know, people were dressed up as their favorite wrestlers. Mm. Half of them had had these belts. They they carried this thing around all day long. Like, who needs something to carry at an event? Like, you, yeah. you're going to lose it, or you know. But these guys oh, were all yeah. carrying the thing. I didn't even mention uh, uh, Logan Paul. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you saw that, yeah. Logan Paul got into it. First of all, this family, the Paul family, what is going on there? These two guys, one is a one is a boxer now. The other one is a wrestler. Like, a, like God knows what's going on in that house. <laughs> They're cashing in. Wherever they can cash in. Yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you got to give them credit for that. They're cashing in. If it's any, I, I, I give them credit for nothing. Where did they start? I YouTube? Give, Is that where they started? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I give okay. them credit for nothing. Well, the one okay. was on a, uh, the one was on a Nickelodeon show or a uh-huh. Disney show. Uh, Jake Paul was on a show, uh, Aardvark something, Aard, whatever it was. Um, it, um, yeah, no, they have they have somehow become totally jacked up, and they they have so much money, and it's kind of it kind of shows that uh, it's kind of the worst of America when you see 
guys like that becoming immediate millionaires. <laughs> and the only thing you have going for you, if you are trying to hold on to anything is don't worry, they're not going to stay millionaires. <laughs> it's like the only thing you've got it to, to keep going to get out of bed in the morning is to know that no, they'll, 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 they'll be, uh, are they, are I, they the male Kardashians? Maybe they're the male Kardashians. Maybe the Paul family is the Kardashian family. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're the Ohio Kardashians. <laughs> well, Jason, you didn't watch any wrestling, right? You don't watch that stuff. No, I haven't watched that stuff for years. You guys too busy with 801.9 The Hawk. Yeah, yeah, 801.9 The Hawk. Which is his hit <laughs> podcast, The Hawk. Hit. 80, 80, what? No, 108.9. 108.9, The Hawk. All caps, hit. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this, though, about 108.9, The Hawk. Yeah. Not following me on Twitter. Really? Mm, yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk that's to him. Follow, I'm following 108.9, The Hawk. <laughs> I knew you Can't get me a refollow. Can't get me a refollow. Okay, eh? Check on. it out. Am I following it? Check it out. Okay, we'll find out right now. I got to yeah, talk to my street team. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has a street team over there. I'm the only one without a street team. <laughs> hey, I don't have a street team. Yeah. Pat don't have no street team. All right, Pat, give me another call, please. Hello, Besho. Hello, Tom. You're at bastard. You did it. There you go. That's what I like. Who's this? This is Tyler from Kamloops, BC, Canada. Welcome. Welcome. I know what you're going to pick. You're going to pick the Sloan album. The Sloan album. <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've got my own ideas here, but that's a good contender. It is. Never Hear the End of It is a great double album by Sloan. But what do you got? Uh, okay, so my favorite double album is, but it's called 45 or 46 Songs that weren't good enough to make it onto our other records. And it is by no effects. Okay. Look, no effects. I, I don't know. No effects. I, that was, that eluded me. It was not my scene. What, what should I, what should I know about no effects? Teach, teach me, please teach me. I'm here to learn. Well, uh, they're really nice guys. I actually, I actually got to go on tour with them eventually. Um, but, uh, this album is your musician now, you're a musician now. I am now. Yes. What band Jen? We're called let's go. Let's go. Do we talk about this already? No, this is my first time calling. And I'd just like to mention that I am a box set owner and I'd like to invoke if you don't mind. Yes, please invoke away. It buys you an extra, uh, it buys you a, a cushion, but look, you're doing great. You're doing great. Anybody who bought the Sharpling and Worcester box set has been guaranteed a one-time extension on a call. I think that's what we guaranteed you, right? Yes. Without being hung up on. And now, and you were, you were in no risk of that anyway. So you spent your thing, but it was so wisely spent because you, now you feel secure that you're not going to get hung up on in the immediate future. So what do I need to, so you're in a band called let's go. What do you sound like? Um, I guess we sound kind of like no effects. Okay. 
Well, tell me what no effects sound like. I truly don't know anything uh, about no effects. Okay. Um, they're like uh, skate punk, uh, early 2000s. They started in the 80s, but they kind of defined the California skate punk sound along with bands like Bad Religion and Less Than Jake and stuff like that. So fast music, silly music. What label are they on? Uh, Fat Mike, the bassist from NoFX, actually owns the biggest independent record label in the world. It's it's called Fat Records. Fat Records, yeah, that's what I thought. It's weird when you have these glaringly huge blind spots, but that's one of them for me. It's it's really interesting because a lot of the music that you guys are passionate about and talk about a lot, I've kind of got some of those same blind spots. But uh, one time you were talking to KV... And you guys were talking somehow about no effects and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young at the same time. And he popped a joke on a no effects title, like a pun. He said, we're just doing it for the cross. And I kind of, that my ears perked up for that one. I didn't get that at all. That one went right over my head. What's the, what's the reference? Well, no effects has a song called, uh, we're doing it for the cause. I'll oh, see KV once again, KV. You done did it. You outsmarted me. So, okay. So that would be your choice for a double album is the no effects. Is it, is it an, is it an out? Is it a compilation or is it an all new album? Well, the way they packaged it, it's, they kind of imply that it's a bunch of their B sides, but it's actually like a bunch of mostly short songs, like really short and catchy songs. Um, there's a cover of a song called Vincent on there. I, Vincent, by, not by uh, Don McLean. I think the one about Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. The one that goes, Story, Story Night? Yes, beautiful song. Yeah, so they do a version of that, and I'm assuming their version's maybe a little more hard-hitting than the original. It is, but they, they kept the sensibilities and, you know, the melodies and the vocals in that song are so beautiful. I think it, it comes through in its own way. Okay. All right. All right. I'm learning. I'm learning. And Anything else? Anything else, my friend? Uh, no, I just wanted to say I'm, uh, I'm going out snowboarding tomorrow. It's the last day of the season. So just want to give a shout out to Robert Cribby. Well, why is it the last day of the season? Were they taking the snow away? Oh, yeah. They, there's no more fun. They come in with flamethrowers and just <laughs> see you later. I mean, the season ends when the snow ends. Is the snow going away now? Is that where it's at? Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty melty. we got an, about another five days, and then and it's on to the summer stuff. Okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate your call. Any any other albums? Anything else you want to throw out real quick? No? Um, no, that, that's right. the only album. And thanks for taking my call. And uh, the show has been great. And I love everything you guys are doing. You're sweet. And You're you guys sweet. take care. You're sweet. Thanks so much, buddy. Okay. Can you give me another call, please? Hello, Best Show. Hello. Hey, Tom. This is Kyle from Portland. Kyle from Portland. What's up, Kyle? Uh, not too much. How are you doing tonight? I'm 
good. I'm good. Uh, what do you got? You got anything for the topic, Kyle, from Portland? No? We lose you? I am here. I am okay. here. But uh, your phone system. What do you got for the topic, my friend? Uh, so uh, one uh, double album, which I have been curiously obsessed with for many years, is an uh, album called Space Ritual by Hawkwind. Oh, have you ever heard that oh, one? Have I ever heard that one? I got an all go on accumulator. Of course, I know uh, Space Ritual. That's an all time classic. That's a great call. Very good. Very good. Might be the best Hawkwind album. Might be the best Hawkwind album, too. Rare that a live album would be the best album for, for a band that was so good like that, but it might be. So, uh, uh, I had basically discovered this album by accident. Mm-hmm. I took it out of the uh, library maybe 15 or 20 years ago and uh, loved the album, but the rest of the Hawkwind catalog seems very uh, intimidating. Uh, okay. It's hard, hard for me to figure out where to go next, and I never really pursued it past this, so maybe you have some recommendations. Well, that is a great... Okay, let's do it. I'll do it right now with you. Pulling up the Hawkwind discography... This is where you go, my friend. We're going to focus. This is what I'm going to tell you to focus on. You focus on 70s Hawkwind. You don't have to go past that. Maybe you do later. You don't have to right now, though. In Search of Space, you get get on In Search of Space. In Search of Space. Great album. Uh, Doremi Fasol Latido is the album right after that. The run from In Search of Space to... Um, Quark, Strangeness, and Charm is kind of the the way to go. Awesome. It's a good, it's a good five, six-year run that they had. I will definitely check it out. It's always uh, such, a, such a weird catalog, and uh, for some reason there always seems to be like three versions of the band touring. Oh, like, yeah, well, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess what they have going on uh, because they um, – yeah, they have like there's the Hawk Lords and there's Hawk Wind and it's all it's all over the map. Um, so yeah, just try to um, try to just to hang with the '70s stuff and start expanding out if you still want to hang in there. See what else is going on. Go to the Hawk Lords record after you go to those. Awesome, awesome. I will definitely do that. Uh, also wanted to mention Tom. You caused some controversy on the uh, Will Smith message boards because you said Will Smith didn't have a double album, but uh, actually he's he's the DJ. I'm the rapper is a double album. I don't know if that counts for you in the Will Smith oeuvre. Um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, you mean because the vinyl? Yes, yes. The I'm vinyl. A, I'm a, look. The actual. Sure. You know the actual version. The uh, compact disc is a uh, is a uh, edited version of the vinyl. Your fair look, of course, because the because the the album has eighteen tracks. The vinyl has eighteen tracks, and CD has seventeen. They left off another special right. announcement, as we all know. Um, <laughs> you know, because originally you listen to the thing, and, it, and you're used to you're used to hearing. Um, you know, it ends with human video game, of course. Everybody knows that. 
but the idea that when you get on side B and you hear you go from let's be, let's get busy baby right into another special announcement on the vinyl jumps right to live at Union Square in November 1986. Absolutely, I know all this. Uh, when I know- talk about, I'm a Will Smith fan. <laughs> the Fresh yeah, Prince is somebody. The Fresh Prince is not Will Smith. The Fresh Prince is a character Will Smith portrays. <laughs> I have I run hot and cold with the Fresh Prince. Will Smith, when it says Will Smith on it, I'm all in. You tried to play a little gotcha, but you didn't get me. I did. I did. You didn't. But you know, me. Tom. I just wanted to say, save your uh, reputation, but you know, you showed me. You showed me. Well, you're sweet. You're sweet, and. Why don't you go do this? Why don't you get one turntable and play uh, Space Ritual on it and get another turntable and play the vinyl for uh, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. Awesome. That would be quite the mix. Yeah, it would be great. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Tom. Bye-bye. Another call, please. Do we have more calls? I'm here. Uh, welcome to the show. Best show. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Tom. It's Juan from Lysander, New York. Juan from New York. Where in New York, you say? From Lysander. We've, we've been over this before. About Okay. Well, I don't have my notes from that call in front of me. I know. It was like, it was like 18 years ago. So oh, it was 18 years ago. Oh, of course. Well, why? We went, <laughs> you, you literally said this. We went over this already. Yeah, when what two thousand six? No, actually, that was last year, wasn't it? Right? Maybe, maybe you don't know. I've taken a few calls since then. (laughs) Come on, Juan, help me out here a little bit. We went over this already. Well, we did. You berated me about where I lived, but it doesn't matter. Well, I'm sure the reason I berated you is because you were presumptuous. (laughs) Of you, probably went, "Hey, it's Juan from Lysander." And I was probably like, where's that? And you're like, in New York. And I'm like, no one's heard of it. Am I wrong? Exactly. No, but you're absolutely correct. You're 100%. That's how the conversation went, right? Because that's how it goes. Look, maybe it didn't go that way. Usually those conversations go that way when somebody's just like, hey, it's me from, and they go like, it's me from, from Northtown. And I'm like, wait, where's Northtown? And they're like, Idaho, you idiot. I'm like, I don't know small towns in Idaho. Can I tell you something you probably never heard in all these years? What's that? You just, like, shook my brain up there. So a friend of mine who heard this call where you were berating me about life reminded me just recently for some reason that somehow in this crazy call where you're looking at a map and naming streets around Lysander, um, but I do remember this the, now. I completely remember this. Somehow, somehow <laughs> during this call, we got to talking about how, <laughs> how I was an orderly for Lou Graham. Uh-huh. <laughs> but my, anyway, so anyway, that might, that's just a meta, you want to, I hate that word. But anyway, my friend was just mentioning that to me for no reason recently. And why is that? Because your friend was a... No, because we were just talking about you and the, that mm-hmm. show, and, they, and then we mentioned this call, and I said mm-hmm. something about you know the word orderly, how much we love the word orderly. Sure. The, yeah. So, you know. 
Well, if I got a movie for you, it's called Disorderly. Disorderly. Good. Yeah, yeah. Disorderlies. You got to, there's more than one. Just, oh, Maybe just, you can watch, check that out. Because, look, you're out in Lysander, you said, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you check it out when you're out. Uh, I don't know where else you get movies out that way. I mean, I don't know. Plainville, maybe swing by Plainville. <laughs> Jack's, Jack's Reef. <laughs> Meridian or Cato. <laughs> or South Hannibal. We used to play track against them in high school, Cato Meridian. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I actually am going to be, it's actually fun. <laughs> I want to announce this is a good time for me to announce this one. I will be doing a tour <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, Onondaga County, Onondaga <laughs> County, Onondaga, <laughs> on, Onondaga. I know I was testing Onondaga. you. I'm doing a tour here. I'm going to give the dates now. August 1st, I'll be appearing in Lysander. August 2nd, I will be appearing in Pennellville. August 3rd, Sandridge. August 4th, uh, Volney. August 5th, uh, Lycoming. August 7th, Fernwood. I'll be in Howardville on August 9th and 10th. Uh, you can catch me at uh, Marbletown on the 11th through the 14th. The 15th, I'll be in Alloway. 16th, Oaks Corners. I'll be in Phelps on the 17th. Uh, Howlett Hill, I'll be there for uh, the 20th to the 23rd. Then you can catch me at Shepherd Settlement on the 25th. Um, I'll be at Sanscatellus Falls on the 27th. Uh, the aforementioned uh, uh, the aforementioned Pennellville and Sandridge, I'm doing both on the 28th. Early show in Pennellville, late show in Sandridge. <laughs> And then I'll be concluding the tour at uh at uh I'll be in at uh where was it again? Oh man, where was it? Point Rock. That's right. Okay. On the thirtieth. I've been I actually was taking notes. Can I just clarify one thing? When you're at Oaks Corner, are you gonna be at Chuckles Northeast that night? Because <laughs> that's I'm great- gonna be at the t- I'm gonna be at this the town hall for all these places. The town hall tour. Oh, town hall. I appear at the town halls for all these local towns. Okay. All right. All right. uh, What do you got for me, buddy? Some records, because I know you like records. Yeah, let's hear it. What do you got? Double albums? You going to talk to me about double albums? Yeah, this is is for real. This one's a little bit of a a technical thing. You're going to have to tell me how you're going to play this. So, Public Images Second Edition, which is a double album, but it's technically from Metal Box, which is three forty-five RPM discs. Yeah, three twelve-inch forty-five. That is not a double album. But second edition is a double album. Second edition is, but it looks, you know, look. Okay, you're fair. Second edition. The body of work, the body of work is really Metal Box. So I kind of agree with you. Yeah, you're right. Now you're you're right though, because for a practical reason, the band Public Image Limited put out a record called Metal Box, which was basically, as it sounds in a basically like a film canister is what you describe it as film canister. Exactly. And the, it was three 12 inch records, 45 RPM in the film canister, it an amazing package. Yeah. Um, I have three of them, by the way, but yes. Oh, I only have one, but uh whoop de do with you and your fancy three. <laughs> I have three of them, by the way. 
<laughs> really? Well, you got three. Where'd you get it? At I, the record store in, in uh, North Hannibal? No. The very first one I got in uh, Rochester. Walcott. My 16th, 16th birthday. My mom drove me to Rochester. To, to, to Granby Center. Archive. No, to Record Archive. And I bought. And I want to say that in 1982, I want to say I paid $40 for it, which in mm-hmm. 1982 was a, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So. A lot of money. I still have that one. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time by Donna Summer. Do you know that record? A couple of records. At least Once Upon a Time. I mean, I know Bad Girls is a double album. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have that. Once once Upon a Time didn't have any, like, quote, hits, but it's pretty amazing, and it's sort of like a concept album about, like, the Cinderella story. Uh, and I would say Rumor Has It is maybe the best track on the album, but it's pretty, pretty great. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yeah. get much, uh, people don't talk about it very much. Well, I'm going to check it out. Giorgio Moroder is involved in that record. Yes, no? Yes, I would imagine that he is. Well, then I'm going to check it out. That's a good one. That's a good one. Those Donna Summer, those Donna Summer records are so incredibly revolutionary and ahead of their time. Yes. It's yes. It's demented how important Donna Summer's work is to pretty much all music that we love. Everything that came after it, sure. I mean, everything that, the 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 Marauder. The Donna Summer, Giorgio Moroder stuff together is some of the most stunning stuff I've ever, it's just like, it's, that's life changing. It is. And if you, so if you don't, I'm, I can't, I'm so excited if you've never heard this for you to hear it because I was uh, exposed to it literally when I was like 12. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going down memory lane with this guy. I bought a, my no, copy of Metal Box in 82, when I was 12, I heard Once Upon a Time. Well, here is this Mr. Holland's opus? <laughs> my copy that I still have of Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Oh, how many do you have, five? No, I only have <laughs> the scratchy copy from 1970. Okay, okay good, good. Anyway, but uh, so those are, I mean, those are two of my favorite. No one, no one has mentioned... Um, some obvious ones that no one's mentioned tusk uh tusk is amazing tusk is uh tusk is an album i bought uh, when it first came out when i was a kid that's one of the first albums i ever bought was tusk no i won't tell you that i still have my original one because you know that already but yep yeah i know i know you're (laughs) um well guess what i have my original copy of tusk too okay Oh, good. All right. Well, we compare them. We go on Discogs and see, like, who's which, uh, what do you call that? Dead wax. You know, yeah. Well, you call, you go on that, and the thing is, what's the best? <laughs> what does it, when you go on it, it's like, if you want to compare copies, the thing is, if someone's copy is in worse shape, that means they're a bigger fan. Right, because they played it more. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That discog, that's a whole other world. But we don't. I don't want to talk about. I mean, you're talking about that. But, um, oh, hold on. You don't want to talk about. You worried you're going to turn people onto discogs and. 
No, most trust most, me. Most the people I talk everyone to, knows about it. Turned off at Discog. They hate Discog. It's it's it's, a, it's I mean, you, I could spend hours some nights just on the Discogs, you know. Yeah, but it sounds like you like Discogs. Actually, you hate that you like it so much. Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I get it. I get it. What are some other double albums for you? Oh man, um, Sign of the Times. I thought that was a little too obvious. I was uh, no. I was, I'm just name would name them all. The big ones have to get named at some point, also. Big ones, sure. Something, anything. Uh, the river. Uh, great rock and roll swindle. I'd say is sort of an underrated. Uh, okay. Physical graffiti. London calling. Physical graffiti, sure. What about uh, Daydream Nation? Do you like Daydream Nation? Uh, with the Sonic Youth. Yes, Sonic Youth. Yes, of course. Yeah, my first thought when I saw this on Twitter earlier tonight, of course, was double nickels on dime. But you've talked about that already. Sure, every I think that's that's that seems to be a lot of people's sentimental favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was sort of jokingly mentioning, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, but what mm-hmm. about Blue Moves? I don't know Blue Moves. Is that, what? That's like one of those. That's that's also in that late seventies stretch of Elton John. The very it was like his last best worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the one last one Bernie worked on before Bernie didn't work with him for a while, and okay. they only hit. But I can think of I think sorry seems to be the hardest word was the the big hit from that. Okay, cool. Those are good ones. It's a weird. It's a weird record. It's actually not. It's just weird. But, um, yeah, look, the Donna Summer one is the the that made the call for me for tonight. So that that that's a gift you just gave me, and I appreciate that, my friend. Well, I appreciate you. Thank All you. Right, you have a great night. You too. Thanks. Thank my. Yeah, we're talking about the best double albums ever. What's the best one? Um, yes, the Daydream Nation is a, an incredibly important album for me. That was. Part of me still thinks it's the best Sonic Youth album. Well, I think it's one of the best albums ever, ever. But there's also, look, I love all, I love so much of the Sonic Youth stuff. But that 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 iteration of Sonic Youth kind of culminated in Daydream Nation. Um, another call, please. Best show, hi. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, good. Who's this? Uh, this is Scott, Tom. Where are you calling from, Scott? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. From Atlanta, Georgia. I love it. Atlanta, Georgia. What's the best double album out of Atlanta, Georgia? The uh, the Outcast record? Uh, sure. Yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't. I don't know of any others. That's that's the one I know. Hmm. Hmm. Find out somebody will prove us both wrong, eh? <laughs> Perhaps. But I have a better double album than the Outcast record. What's that? Yes. Um, the Cheater Slicks Forgive Thee. Cheater Slicks are a wildly underrated band. And that is maybe when it maybe the the apex that's like the top of the mountain for them which i think is saying something that forgive the record 
See, I think the top of the mountain for them is the the uh, what's it? Thinking some more that song. Yeah, on whiskey. Yeah, with that long. Yeah. They have a. They have a. It's kind of like garage. Garagey rock never had a band do a song that long. I don't believe. Well, if somebody did, then I'm forgetting what it was. But it's like a 25 minute song, right? Yeah, it's like when it's the whole second side of the LP. I think. Yeah, it's so great. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cheater Slicks can't go wrong with Cheater Slicks. I, I've got two more, but I mean that—that that was the one I was trying to think of. All let's let's hear the other two. Let's hear the other two. What do you got? Uh, uh, Black Wave by the Lost Sounds. That's great. Can't go, man. You're you're hitting all the. You're hitting you're hitting a certain sweet spot with that. Yeah, Lost Sounds were an amazing band. And then the final one is going to be a uh, Walk to the Fire by Monoshock. Oh my God! You're right. That's a, such a great album. Yeah. It's wow. Two albums. It's two great albums. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wise guy. <laughs> I apologize. Tom. Give me a business <laughs> like that. It's actually two I great was, albums. Um, I was counting. Um, I apologize. No, that's a look. I'm, 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 I'm just, we're, we're going back and forth, buddy. You're good. Now that, that these are, these are fantastic choices because sometimes double albums are, are, the the um domain of the the big band because they're just expensive records to put out and most bands would not have the time or or the the resources to properly record a double album or or especially to release a double album right so it's these are great ones yeah they they make me happy because they i realize like each of those cases each of these bands had so many crazy songs and it totally required, you know, like two albums to pack it all in there and there's no, no filler and it all mm-hmm. hears. And it's like just the sort of ultimate expression of that band to a degree, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love it. It is a good call. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Have a good Take night. Care. Bye. You too. Bye. All right. All right. We still got calls, Pat? Do we still have calls? We got two so far. I could leave the lines open. Let's leave those lines open. Let's get some more calls in here. 201-332-3484. You want to get in and say your favorite double album? Now's the time. Pat, do you have a favorite double album? The River? Is that up there for you? You know, it's it's not necessarily up there for me. Here's the, here's the deal with this topic tonight. I had to think long and hard, and I came to the realization that I don't really love double albums. To me, um, I guess this is just my ADD brain, but mm-hmm. I like shorter albums, I think. Okay. Um, I like it when the artist, the band, just kind of hones in and gets, you know, a 35, 40 minute album out, but, Mm -hmm. but, um, there are some exceptions. I mean, you know, exile on main streets, probably up there. London Collins up there. Mm -hmm. Um, Colette had a great one. Um, speaker box, the love below, but I would consider, I I wouldn't consider that a double album because they, they literally released them the same day separately. Mm -hmm. 
Those were two separate albums by each artist as a solo artist, but released under the same band name too. So I don't know. It's, it's a gray area. I think that one, um, but both are great albums. So yeah, I guess the theme of your love of Bruce Springsteen, you would not, the river does not rate high for you. Highly for you. The river's a great album, but I, I think there, I think it could have been an awesome LP, just like single album, I think. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, but if we're talking about Bruce's catalog, I did really like, um, and I've talked about this on on our sister podcast so far, which you can sign yes. up in Patreon for. Yes, uh, final episode coming up soon. Coming up, coming soon. up soon. Um, I've talked about this on so far. I did really like uh, the Promise, which yes, I guess counts as a double album, although it was three discs, but. Um, but it was like know. a reconfigured version of yeah. what the river could have been. And, or I guess um, more, more so darkness meets the time in between that and the river, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I liked that album because I think just as a fan, because so much material was unearthed and he went back and like did stuff, but didn't tweak it too much. Didn't go beyond the era's production, you know, mm -hmm. and got creative with assembling horn sections that weren't there and stuff. Um, I think he took like Southside Johnny's horns or something. That was like exciting at the time as a fan. And I still go back to that a lot. But, um, but yeah, I think, look, I love the river, but it's not, I don't, I don't think it's like, you know, uh, my favorite Bruce album. And it's not my favorite. I would, I don't know. As far as a double album goes, it's good, but there's a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of roads. I think darkness mm -hmm. as a, is, is just like a, a, a perfect record. Cause he, you know how much he cut to make that a great album, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's it. Anyway, that's my take. All right. Fair enough. Give me another call, please. Best show. Hi. Hello. Hello. To whom am I speaking? This is Teresa in Kentucky. Teresa in Kentucky. How are you tonight? Pretty good. I was wondering, can I use you as a personal Shazam? Because you were around in the 80s and older than me in the 80s, and you tend to remember stuff. Sure. What would you like to know? Well, let's see if we can do. Do you have something you want to play that you can identify? Well, I mean, there's this, like, lately there's this commercial that it always triggers me because it's, it's just a library track, but it sounds like something that was on the radio that I've been trying to to track down for like my 38 years on this planet. Okay. And, and I like never got the artist or the title. And, and I like my hunches where it's either a, a police or a Genesis song because they, they, they kind of sound alike to me. I think there's a sound on message in a bottle that overlaps between police and Genesis. And I probably heard like all of Abacab, but never got the titles to any of them. So it could totally be on that Genesis album too. So what, what, how would you, how can you convey this song to us? Are you going to sing it? Um, yeah. A few bars just put, come on and open the door. Come on and open the door. Let, let my love open the door. Yeah. That's Peter town. That's Pete Townsend. That's Townsend. It's yeah, not it's a, real at all. No, it's from a solo album um, called empty glass called let my love open the door. 
what my love of food is. Okay. Yeah. Pete Townsend. That's mm-hmm. another one of those where I, I like, I know the name and I never have quite gotten it sorted out in my head. Mm-hmm. He's the, the dude from the who it's like one of his solo albums. He went so gay people from the who going solo too. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just got stuck on Peter Gabriel. I like his solo stuff all the time. Oh yeah. No, that's, um, like in the dirt. Well, look, you got it now. How's that feel? <laughs> Thank you. That's like the, um, a good 30 years of never finding that and getting it sorted out in several music conversations with other friends and it never turned out. <laughs> um, wow. That's why you got to come to the best show. You'll get your answers. Yeah. I have to track down Pete. Yeah, I have to figure out what my favorite Pete Townsend song is. It might still be that one. It might be that. Yeah, that's a good song. Mm-hmm. Is Abacab a double album? I don't think Abacab's a double album. They put a live album out called Three Sides Live around that period that is a double album. Three Sides Live. And it's that, it's that one disc per word, like three, and the second disc is sides, and the third disc is live. The way it was was three, like four. There's four sides to a double album, obviously, and the one side, the fourth side was new studio tracks. New studio tracks. Yeah. And now the cab's not like a double album with one track, one disc, Ava, and the other disc, Cab, and then both. I don't think. I don't think that's how they did it. I don't think they had an Abba disc and a Cab disc. What if one disc was them doing ABBA songs and the other was them doing Cab Calloway songs? <laughs> if that's what ABBA Cab was, that's a Genesis album I'd want to hear. It looks like the same word to me twice because I'm kind of dyslexic. ABBA Cab. Well, no, it's a tricky thing because it's not a it's not a word. Yeah, it's just ABBA it's like backwards. yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of a handful to look at. Um, yeah. Well, this is, this is, uh, you know, anything else, Teresa? Mm, is, 69, is 69 Love Songs by Magnetic Fields a double album? How did that come out originally? I'm trying to remember. That was, no, that was like a, how was that thing configured at first? I don't think it was as in two LPs. Why am I blanking on that? I had it when it came out. Can't remember what form it came out in. Was it three albums? I don't remember. It might be three discs. Might have been. Yeah, a lot of songs in there. Huge paper booklet of lyrics in the middle. A lot of songs. 69 of them, to be exact. Mm-hmm. I like Trino Dakota the best. As I was trying to figure out what the Pantone shade is. Mm-hmm. I love it when you can hear colors. What's that? What's that called again? That's called Synesthesia? <laughs> yeah. Being able to see, color, like, hear colors? Yeah. You know, Dakota Blue is the Pantone color for synesthesia. Okay. Yeah, I don't have, I, I can't relate. It's funny because I don't, I've never heard things like that. I don't have that, I don't have that uh, outlook on things or however you would describe it. I've never been able to, I don't hear, I don't see sound. Yeah, They're very different see. things for me. 
you don't think there are yellow notes? No, I'm sure there are. I just don't, I don't necessarily take in music that way to where there's a visual aspect to the literal sound of it. Like in band class, we talked about it one day in middle school and it just established that like we didn't all agree on the same color, but like one of them, I think we all agreed on G being green because that's just an easy place to go to. It's probably like some mentalist technique on part of my band director mm-hmm. that we think because the letter, the word green starts with G, that the G must be green. And I mm-hmm. thought A was red. And I don't know if everybody agreed with me on A being red because of apples or or it could actually also be green or yellow because apples are also those colors. Yeah. I don't know. We may, we make these associations with things and these connections and sometimes they're universal and sometimes they're completely only make sense to us. It's a strange thing. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for the call and you call anytime you want. Thank you, sir. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Sure. All right, bye. All right, any more calls, Pat? We have three right now. Real quick on the river, I just thought of something. What's that? It's that I I I, I like practically every song on that al- on that I know, album. Let me see. I get. I bet you I can guess a song you don't like on that album. There's one song I don't like on it, and it's not only that I don't like it, it's that it's my least favorite Bruce Springsteen song. Point Blank. Nope. Jackson Cage. Nope. Hungry Heart. Bingo. I hate Hungry oh Heart. It is a cheese what? sandwich. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. That, that Barry Can you believe sack? this guy? No, I, I can't believe this guy. That's a, a Pat. A Pat. God, God, God bless you, Pat. But <laughs> Look. on this one. <laughs> Hungry Heart. I literally played Hungry Heart in the last few days to hear Hungry Heart. You guys are nuts. That Barry Sachs makes it a cheese sandwich. It's like, wh- why don't you just invite Sean and Ah to come out? I, okay. I, well, I will. Yeah, I would before that. They got Flo and Eddie on on the thing, Pat. New appreciation of Bowser. He wrote it for the Ramones. And I don't know what they would have done with it. It would have been made it would've a hit. Been, it would have, you know how that would have gone, Pat? It would have gone, it would have gone, boom. It would have gone, one, two, three, four. Got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. But I never came back. That's how it would have been. And it would have been a massive hit. It would have been a massive hit for them. It would have been on the Phil Spector album. But here, look. I'm not. I'm not the defending the Ramones for not being cheese sandwiches. The the the, the actual song I'm, Rock and Roll High I'm School. Really taking offense to cheese sandwiches here. Rock and Roll High School is literally a a a a cheese sandwich special. Okay, it's it's pretty bad too. Rock, Let me just say this, Pat. Rock and Roll High School is. Do you have so, I want to say this, and don't take this the wrong way. Go ahead. You've never used the phrase cheese sandwich before. <laughs> You used it eight times now. Do you have some affiliation with a cheese sandwich shop that you're going to slip in like a? You're like, and speaking of cheese sandwiches, and you <laughs> want the best cheese sandwiches in Jersey City. Yeah. I didn't what kind have, of cheese. I didn't have cheddar. I didn't have time to make uh, dinner, bring a dinner, order dinner. Mm-hmm. So literally, so you got cheese sandwich on the brain. That's all you're thinking. Literally about. in the fridge here at Best Show Studio, Jersey City, uh, which we are soon to pack up. 
I have in this fridge Ooh. some cheddar cheese and some bread. And okay. on Go the next the sandwich, fall, Go make I the might sandwich. make a sandwich. Make the sandwich. Uh, yeah. Make the cheese sandwich. Post I, I want you to on sing Instagram. Hungry Heart. I want you to sing Hungry Heart while eating it. I will not do that, but we, we have three calls. <laughs> next call. When you eat that cheese sandwich, maybe that'll be like your version of synesthesia. Like you'll see, <laughs> you'll hear hungry heart as you bite the cheese sandwich, as you taste, <laughs> you taste the cheese into something in your mind. You're like, dun, 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 dun. look, I love Bruce, but hungry heart sucks. Sorry, guys. So what do you do when he plays it live? You go to the John. No, uh, no, I just tolerate it. <laughs> now you, Pat's one of the ones who sings the first verse out loud, <laughs> and then Bruce goes, <laughs> "Really, you hate what's well? What's your other least favorite Bruce Springsteen song then? Probably Dancing uh, in the Dark, <laughs> Streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> That's uh, Philadelphia's up there, but Secret Garden, Born to Run, Secret Garden, Born to Run. Born to run. <laughs> I have a crush <laughs> on you." Thunder Road. Thunder Road is great. Get out of here. Ramrod. Ramrod's great. Yeah. Come I'm on. a rocker. I'm a rocker, you know, is not the best on the album, but it's good. Growing um, up. Gro- growing up is a great, is a classic. Come on. No, this, the other song I don't like is called Pony Boy. It's on 75 to 85 live. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to pull it up, Tom? Do I want to pull it up? Now I... Hey, hey Tom, really could you pull up Pony, Pony, Pony Boy? It's the second worst Bruce Springsteen song. I think it's a cover. Or he, he does it on Human Touch, doesn't he? No, but I have a soft spot for Human Touch and Lucky Town also. Well, yeah, there is a Pony Boy is on Human Touch also, Pat. Yeah. Oh, then play it on that. That's that's what it's on. Okay. It's track 14. I'm- yeah, that song's terrible. Pony boy, pony boy, pony boy, won't you be my pony boy? Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, whoa, my pony boy. You rank this below Hungry Heart. <laughs> Big time. Hold on. Big time. So, what? Hungry Heart's worse than Pony Boy. Um, Hungry Heart is worse than, I don't know. Oh, they might be right. tied for first. Don't now even first. say it. Yeah. Pony boy, pony boy, yippee yippee pony boy. I forgot about Outlaw Pete. That's up there. Too. Outlaw Pete's up there. Outlaw Pete. Well, look, so to you, The River is not a classic double album because it's got Hungry Heart on it. Okay. That's, yeah. you're on, you might have the, you might have that lane all to yourself. <laughs> On that one, yeah. There's a, there's probably there's a bunch of songs I would have said would have been the reason you didn't like the river and hungry heart is I threw it out there thinking it was a dumb thing to say <laughs> and you're like yep that's the one but look to each their own I get it I only wish that when I met him at the Barnes and Nobles mm-hmm. that the person that went up after me in the line just leaned into him and said. That guy hates Hungry Heart. That would have been great. Yeah. Could have been nice. Jason. Could have been you, Jason. Yeah, it could have been me. Yeah. Spr- and Springsteen would have said, he's acting like a real pony boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No one said oh, uh, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway yet, have they? Yeah, not yet. That's probably my favorite double album. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. Okay. I love Lamb. I also love Unlimited Lamb. Love. Don't uh, call it Lamb. Lamb. Like, hey, I'm going to go in my office and listen to some you Lamb. you got enough time. you got enough time to say the Lamb Lies Down on <laughs> You don't have anywhere better to be to where you have need those extra two seconds does, back. Does saying Lamb bother you as much as Cheese Sandwich did? It bothers me more. It bothers you really? Way more, actually. I'm too comfortable with Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. To call it lamb. Yeah, I just listened, I listened to lamb last night. Because well, it you heard lamb live. Look, there, is there some band about to play that live out here too? Do a full lamb oh, live really? on Broadway. Yeah. Um, so they're going to play lamb. Yeah. Lamb lies live. I, so you, uh, that's your favorite double album. Eh? That's, that's up there. It's really far up there. I mean, I like, uh, Queen Live Killers, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Robert Pollard from A Compound Eye. It's a classic. That's a great one. It's a really great uh, double record. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to do at some point in my life, about 10 or so years ago, I ripped on the album Lulu by uh, Lou Reed and Metallica. Why? Because I was just being a wise guy. I was being a wise guy. It was easy. The low, Lou Reed hanging out with Metallica's low-hanging fruit was easy to, to goof on. But you know what? I've listened to it. I've listened to it since over the years. It's uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty heavy-duty album. It's it's an insanely intense album. And when when you realize that Lou was basically using this as his his uh, his his farewell in in a lot of ways it's unbelievably uh moving and i still have problems with the metallica part of things because i don't like metallica but so be it um have you ever watched some of the live videos with them performing um velvet underground songs together did I? I I don't. I maybe I, I blocked it like out. A couple years. Then ago. I then I saw it. If you sent it to me, then I saw it. I, I think I sent, sent you "Sweet Jane" or something. Okay. It just like yeah. very distorted and about the same tempo. But the thing is, their touch. Metallica have no touch. There's no touch with those guys. So Lou Reed brought them on board for this double uh, for this Lulu double album, and the point of it was to a to because to get the record. He thought they were the right band for it. And that also they would get some attention because they're Metallica. So it ended up an interesting experiment for them. But for him, it was a really intense uh, kind of uh, basically concluding his, his artistic, creative, and physical, temporal existence. It's heavy duty. Mike, double albums. What do you? What, what are your favorites? I was just thinking of the ones I played the most, and that would probably be London Calling. Okay, London and, Calling, um, good one. I once traded when I was a kid. I traded a copy of uh, 
I trade a copy of L.A. Woman for a copy of London Calling, <laughs> which kind of defined my my future. You were making a break. Way. Yeah, you made, you, you made a statement with that it's trade. A good trade. That pretty much was me saying, this is the road I'm going down. Uh-huh. How 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 short lived was your uh, doors fascination? Pretty short. It yeah, was, it was pretty short. I I tried it. I liked certain songs. Other mm-hmm. stuff just never sounded right to me. Like you, I listened to L.A. Woman that album, and suddenly I'd be like, "There's songs I'd be just like, I don't know what this is. This is not for me. This is just not my scene." Like, and the Clash seemed infinitely more. Uh, my scene. That's funny because the Clash are all, now, it, the way my life has evolved. Uh, the Clash are not one of my top bands. Ultimately, I think they're amazing, but I don't go back and put those records on necessarily. But at that point, they were huge for me. Yeah, they represented something pretty huge. Um, so London Calling is a big one for you. Any other ones? Well, exile on means, you know, the kind of the standard ones, you know. Standards, yeah. Europe 72. Was that a big one for you? <laughs> yeah, I like those records. Uh, but That's the one with the kid smashing the ice cream cone on his Yeah, that was a triple record, actually. Oh, okay. Well, then we can't talk about it. Sorry. <laughs> can't talk about that. Can't talk about uh, Welcome Back, My Friends, the show that never ends. Can't talk about Yes songs. Those are out. Can't talk about All Things Must Pass. These are off the table, those albums even though the third album with all things must pass is kind of not really a part of the thing. It's called Apple jam. And it's just those guys screwing around in the studio. Um, yeah. Pat, any more calls? Well, now we have a full house. Oh, look at that. Let's take them. Let's see where these four go. And then we'll take it from there. Do you count live albums? I would count a live album because I'd count Live Rust is one of my yeah. favorites. Like Strangers in the Night, UFO. That's a good record. Okay. Well, any other ones you like there, Eddie Trunk? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'm going on mute. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't go. <laughs> That's probably the best burn I've had in a long time. I, I felt that one and I appreciate it. <laughs> No, just because he UFO <laughs> is literally his favorite yeah, band. Yeah, it's the only reason. It's a band that I've gotten into recently. I've never, I never really listened to much of them. So, but I do really enjoy Strangers. Listen in the to night. Rock Bottom. Yeah, yeah. Might uh, get some of that stuff uh, on the Rock on the Hawk. Yeah, put it on the Hawk. And I well, followed you at, and Mike. Mike uh, tweeted oh, that I wasn't. That's kind. Well, yeah. thank you. So, um. Well, yeah, what other, yeah, I would say uh, you can put a double album on there because there was a point where a live double, I mean, a live double album. Yeah. Uh, live Rust was a huge one for me, Neil Young. Um, but one that was a big one for me really was the uh, Game Theory had an album called Lolita Nation that was a double album, and it was filled with so much amazing, ridiculous stuff. And it, it was, and at that point, they just went for it. It's such a strange, um, such a strange, intense record. Double nickels on the dime, though. Zen Arcade is another great one. Husker Du. So uh, you know, SST had a couple double albums right there in the same window. 
was it 84? Was it 84 for both of those? I think it was. Let's see. Double nickels came out on. Came out in night. I came out in night in 84. Yep. And, uh, and then Zen came out in July 1st, 1984. Look at that. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're going to do, we're going to play a song and we'll be right back and we'll wrap up with the final calls about the double album. So how's that sound? Works for me. And I send this one out to my friend, Pat Byrne. <laughs> no, I'm not playing that for you. <laughs> I scared you there for a second, didn't I, Pat? You, you, you could have felt the head shake from California. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, I wasn't going to do it to you. We'll play something from another great double album. Um, Let's find a short one on here. We'll play it by uh, our friends Can. Ah, Can. Mushroom Head from Tagomago or Tagomago. And I know there's some... Uh, Can's not one of Mike's favorite bands, but what are you going to do? Uh, Todd Rundgren's one people keep suggesting over on Twitter. Uh, something, anything's a great album. You used to love that album. Um, Mr. Uh, Big loved that album so much. Big loved listening to uh, Hello, It's Me so much. And uh, it just ran through. Uh, he would just listen to it when they were going through their albums. Him and, and Carrie were listening to all their albums. They used to listen to, uh, they eventually got to something, anything. And basically that album killed him. That album killed him. Um, let's see what other things people are saying on Twitter. Oh, somebody mentioned the car seat headrest album, uh, teens of denial. Yeah. That's a great, great album. Um, Yeah. They didn't uh the one thing they didn't do in that uh when 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 he was playing the album uh something anything he clearly was getting the wrong spot where hello it's me is on the record on side 4. He probably would have been playing uh dust in the wind or the or the my roots overture on side 4 instead of that song. But we don't nitpick, do we? Yeah, we do. Hey, give me another call, Pat, please. Hello. Hi, best show. Hi. <clears throat> Hello. I have something for the topic. And to whom am I speaking? This is uh, Casey from Washington Township, New Jersey. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Casey. story. Welcome to the Thank show. You. Thanks. What do you got for us? Okay. Um, I don't know if this will, you know, let me know how this goes. Well, we, I certainly will. What do you think? It's the best show. What do you think? I'm not going to let you know how it goes. Oh, sure, sure. Of course. Just, But you're going to be fine. Uh, you're going to be fine, Casey. How about, okay, I'll just have with it. Uh, Destroyer's Kaput on vinyl. It's true. That's a double album on vinyl because it's got that really yeah. long... What's that? He added the laziest river 
Yeah, he added the laziest river. And then same thing on the vinyl for uh, rubies, right? That's true. There's a really long, a really long piece on the vinyl for rubies, if I'm not mistaken. Am I mistaken? Wow. Yeah, well, okay, that's a good one. What else you got? Uh, really, that's all I had. Just one. Has anyone, I mean, I'll throw this out, Zen Arcade. Yeah, Zen Arcade is perfect. Wild that's summer. a great one. Yeah. You know, but that's, you know, that's all I got. No, that's great, though. Are you, you, you like the new Destroyer album? I do. I've only listened to it once. I got to really sit with it, but, uh, yeah, it sounds pretty great. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. He's on he's on a hot streak like nobody's been on. It's it's nuts. It's unfair. Uh, it's I uh, totally agree. Well, what are we gonna do? The rest of us mere mortals can only admire it. Yeah. 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 That's it. All right, buddy. Thanks for the call. All right. Okay. Thanks. Mike Mike. Let's take another call, please. We'll do these four calls and let's wrap it up. Please. Hello, Best Show. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? This is John in Northern Virginia in Falls Church. John in Falls Church, Virginia. What's up, John? Um, I've got one from the Daydream uh, Nation era. Um, Double Bummer by Bongwater. Oh, that is so funny that you said that. I was thinking about that earlier. Double Bummer is a great example. That That is lost to time a little bit. The whole Bongwater shimmy disc thing is not nearly as kind of understood or recognized as for what it was. At the time, man, Double Bummer was huge. I don't know. I don't know where you're at in terms of when, when you came. It was at our radio station. We played it all the time. Yeah. And- yeah. But I mean, just in terms of the um, the the um, the 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 legacy of it, mm-hmm. it seems like it it hasn't. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it has has sustained its uh, its 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 kind of like reputation because it was like it's everybody loved Bongwater so much, and well, not everybody, but um. And where did that, didn't that like rank, didn't that rank really high on like a village voice? Like, let me look when that was that 88. Yeah, it was 88. Let's see. Village voice, Paz and jump poll 1988. Let's see what comes up when I search for that. Where did that land on that list? Didn't it land on it? Why am I? I miss, I'm misremembering then wildly. Yikes. Unless it was 89 or something, but I think it was 88. I think I you're right. it was 88 too. Yeah, I mean, 88, uh, Sonic Daydream Nation was second on the passing job right after uh, it takes a nation of millions. Millions, yeah. Yeah. And that was a good year right there. You look at that. I mean, maybe, maybe it's because I think they're 
output sort of declined from there. I mean, it was, we started off hot, mm. you know, and then. Yeah. 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 Oh man. I, for some reason, I don't know. I miss, I miss under, I misremembered that. Um, what are you going to do? So, um, yeah, that's a great one. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Cause I thought about it earlier today and then forgot to bring it up on the air. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Sharon on Twitter telling me bringing up the, the second suede album Dogman star is that's a great double album. Yeah. Love it. Another call, please. Hello, best show. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Ben in Sacramento. Ben in Sacramento. What's going on, Ben? How are things in Sacramento? The tragedy, it's awful. What's what happened in Sacramento? Um, yeah, actually, um, I, I mean, I was asleep and, um, it's only, it, was only, it only happened about a mile from my apartment, but I, you know, I was not pretty to it at all, thankfully. Um, but yeah, um, so hopefully, yeah, I, I guess I don't, it's hard to, sorry, I wasn't expecting to talk about this. So I don't oh, really, no, no, no. I was just, I just wanted to say it as an aside that, uh, you know, yeah. my condolences yeah. obviously to, to Sacramento, that that's, that's rough. So yeah, that's all I want to say, but let's, let's talk about the stuff we're going to talk about. Okay. Um, yeah, I just had a few albums and, uh, I feel like people have gone over, uh, so many of the classics, lots of sixties through eighties stuff. So I was trying to mm-hmm. think of like post 2000 kind of get some newer stuff in there. Um, sure. somebody already said lost sounds, black wave. That was going to be one of mine. Yeah. Uh, Oneida, each one, teach one, each one, teach one. That's a great one that, uh, there is nothing, nothing floored me as much as that first song on each one, teach one, one, the first time I heard that. And it was like, Look into the light, 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 light. Like I just remember being just laid out because I love, I loved and still love Oneida. And that was, um, that was just, that was, that was just a real pinnacle for them. Um, yeah, I need, that's a great call. Thank you for the, for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I'll put that on sometimes when I'm running and then just, like, completely lose track of all time and I've gone miles and didn't even realize it. Um, That's amazing. Uh, so well, that could be a part of We were going to do a topic of what the stuff that gets you pumped up. That would actually, you'd have two calls for each one teach one by Oneida for two different topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and also I just I should check out I guess Kid Millions has a has an album out now I guess about his car crash that I, the accident yeah it's yeah. really really good I just ordered it on like last Bandcamp Friday it's great I gotta I gotta get it I gotta check it out what else you got buddy the the other ones I had uh, friends friends of Tom F Phelps. David comes oh, to life. David comes to life is a huge one. Yep. Um, and it's funny because that album, that album like blew up for them. Yeah. Like doing a double album and suddenly that's everybody got on board to die. I think some people get very excited about the promise of what a double album can be because it seems like 
you're you're maybe saying something larger than what you usually say because you just have that much more real estate. Yeah. So people are get very excited about double albums in that regard. Yeah, and it's also especially when it's a band like after or like punk bands in general are tend to be uh, you know, shorter songs. I mean, once after started doing albums, like they were longer, but they were like just a singles band to begin with. And then to go yeah. from that to putting out a double album. Oh yeah. I mean, to go from no Passeron to spreading out the way they spread out with all the Zodiac stuff is amazing. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, just one more. I guess in this one from just a couple months ago, the new Irreversible Entanglements record, Open the Gates. Man, I don't know it. What what is what's what is that? Um, it's like people from I think like New York, DC, and Chicago, or New York, Philly, and Chicago. It's like modern jazz. It's I don't know if you know More Mother, the rapper and electronic artist, but she's like the front person of the band, and so it's like very like improvisational, like super like. Like revolutionary political jazz, I guess I'd call it. Wow. Well, I want to know about this. Let me, let me. Yeah. Seriously, I, 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 write this I don't down. know if they're Let's... still touring, but they played in the Bay Area. But like, I drove down to the Bay Area to see them about a month ago. Easily, like, one of the best shows I've seen. And, well, saying well, in a couple of years doesn't mean much because there sure. haven't been that many shows. Yeah. But, you know, very, very. Because you could say that was the best show you saw. And then the other show you saw would also be the second best show and the worst show you yeah. saw. It would, yeah, it would. What, what, what was the name of it again, please? Uh, ir- irreversible entanglements. The yeah, I guess. The, so, like the most famous woman is, or most famous member is More Mother, who's like the front woman. Okay, cool. I got it. Like he has rap records and electric. Okay, amazing. No, I appreciate the. I appreciate you because uh, that's what I also want to do with. I'll say this: there's going to be some changes. The best show going forward because I'm in Los Angeles. Reality is I'm in Los Angeles. Got a studio set up out here that we're going to go kind of heavy with. Pat referenced earlier that we're, we are closing up the Jersey City studio. That is happening. And, um, but we're not closing up the, look, I'll say this right off the bat. We're not, we're not closing up. The crew is the crew. And that's how, that's where that is at. So that's, that's, that's not what we're doing here. I'm just, it's just a reality as I live here now, nobody's going away. Um, um, but there's going to be some opportunities to do some, some special stuff with the new facility that I, uh, have access to and have, it's my, it's my studio. You know, it's, it's something I'm, uh, and win a contest. There's a studio I'm renting. So I'm going to use it and there's going to be a chance to do a lot of music stuff in it. And we're going to do a lot of new things with the show, including kind of stepping up the music side of things, which I'm very, very excited about. So I, uh, I kind of feel like it's a new, 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 uh, exciting opportunity for a lot of stuff like that and to kind of get me and other people excited about some music. Cause we'll, we'll have some, we're going to have some crazy, uh, options with this studio, seriously crazy options, more to follow on that. But yeah, no, that's also, I appreciate the heads up on that. 
Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. And that sounds great. Some there have yeah. been plenty of awesome music moments on the show. So Well, the you as 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 I heard them on one oh two point nine the Hawk, Bachman Turner Overdrive would say <laughs> You ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. So get ready. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, Tom. Good night. Good night to you, my friend. All right. Now, uh, next call, please. Final call. Final call. Here we go. Hello, best show. Hey, Tom, this is Rob from Rochester, New York. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well, thank you. So, uh, well, first of all, you did it, you rat bastard. Thank you. That's the motto for 2022. And if you think I did it, you better get ready, because I'm about to done do it even more. And let me say this. So you know what I was thinking of, Rob and everybody? The, yeah. You know, this Will Smith he put a book out, his auto, his autobiography came out last year, I believe, late last year. Okay. He, what is he going to do with, um, he's going to have a paperback come out at some point. So is he going to like write just an additional chapter about the, the slap? It'll make it the most in-demand book ever. Like his version of the slap, if he wrote like a bonus chapter about that, you mean a slap appendix? A, a slap appendix. You're you're a hundred percent right. I wish you weren't. I wish you were a hundred percent wrong. But it is a slap appendix. Um. Yeah. Speaking of Will Smith, I'm sorry. I came in just a little bit late, and I heard you guys were already discussing the music of Will Smith. Did yeah. you talk about the album, He's the DJ and the Rapper, which happens to be a double album? We did talk about how that's a double album, but I also uh, clarified that my love of, um, I love Will Smith albums. Mm-hmm. Fresh Prince albums. Fresh Prince is a character that Will Smith played. I don't love everything that Fresh Prince did. I love everything Will Smith has done, including the slap. Okay. I don't love the slap. I'm sorry. Um, But again, I will say after, after this past week, I did try to go back and watch uh, shark tale and it, it just doesn't move the needle anymore. It's heartbreaking. Just give me back shark tale. It's all I ask. If there's a God in heaven, please give me back my shark tail. Please. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, Thank you. So the reason for my call yes. kind of got stepped on just a little bit because as soon as I called in and restarted my audio player, I heard Dudio jump on my choice, which I'm not a big fan of calling it Lamb, but I am a big fan of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Oh, do you, so you're you're a fan, but you don't refer to it as Lamb. Yeah, because I figure Genesis already has Trespass. They have Duke. They have Abacab. They mm-hmm. have single word mm-hmm. album titles. They don't yeah. need to shorten the longer ones to a single word. Mm-hmm. And that's the album where he was dressed like the Fruit of the Loom guys, right? 
Is that the one? Yeah. Where he yeah. went on stage dressed like the grapes from the Fruit of the Loom ads? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I never really, I, I saw the concert video once, but, you know, I, I don't have that image stuck in my head, and I could see how that might ruin it for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. What do you think of the song The Waiting Room on that album? Look, I don't. I never liked that album. You never liked it at all. Oh, okay. No, it never did it for me. I tried. I like other Genesis albums with with Peter Gabriel. I just never liked that one. There's something so. There's something so weirdly stagey about it, and I know that's a that's like maybe the point of it, but it just that never it never did anything for me. Maybe because of that. Okay. Yeah, I I just didn't know. Um, so you, you kind of it, it's uh, the the nickname for that track is Evil Jam. So that's the one with all the weird noises and moans and stuff, and it kind of turns into a rock jam towards the end. Um, but the reason I brought that up is that, that that brought to mind another double album, which is sort of I feel influenced by it, which is uh, Life Forms by the Future Sound of London. Are you familiar with that one, or not really? Wait, who, which one's that? Uh, the band is the Future Sound of London. No, 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 I'm not not familiar. Um, and they did a double album called Life Forms. I believe it came out in 1994. Um, okay, it's kind of interesting because it, it you can kind of hear the the same sort of uh, I don't know. They sort of come from the same cloth. It's ambient, but at the same time, it's like uh, kind of a little disturbing at the same time, you know, it's kind of fun mm-hmm. in a, in a weird sort of way. So I would say definitely check it out. See okay. what you think. No, that's a future sounds of London. I'll, I will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. yeah, also life after death by notorious BIG is one that we didn't mention yet. That's a great one. Sebado three. Somebody just tweeted Sebado two. It's Sebado three, my friend. Come on, Mike. um yeah um yeah let's uh that those are great and i will check that out that that's uh i'm excited about finding some new stuff awesome thank you very much even if it's old stuff (laughs) all right thanks buddy all right final call there how about that so in conclusion dudio your favorite double album is yeah, I'm probably going to go Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. Pat, yours is? I don't know. I guess Exile. Exile. Exile's very good. Yeah. Mike, yours is? London Quality. Why'd you say the whole thing? You didn't say, you just want to say London? London Quality. I, I said London Quality, didn't I? No, no, no. But why, I don't know why you said the oh. whole title. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Because we got Lamb, Exile, London. Calling. Yeah. I call it like calling. calling. Probably calling. Yeah. <laughs> calling. Okay. Um, what about you, Tom? It's tricky. I might say Ultimate Look. The White Album always is a is a is is something that means so much to me. But I almost think you have to exempt the Beatles from some of these things because it's just like yeah. then they just clog up every list. Um My favorite double album, it, it really might be, uh, it might be Daydream Nation. 
It was a big one for me, even over um, Zen Arcade and Double Nickels. Daydream Nation really was... That's kind of when I started to really go deep in... uh, Like, I I had Sister and liked Sister, the the previous uh, Sonic Youth album, but... um, Daydream Nation really it hit at a it hit in eighty eight. Eighty eight it made sense. It really felt like it really felt like it was an album for its time also, which is which is kind of um there was like a power to that also. That um yeah. Uh yeah. That's that's where we're at. And Pat, do you have you you want to talk about the studio stuff? Yes, if everyone keeps uh, their eyes peeled to our Instagram, um, if you live in the New Jersey, New York area, surrounding area, tri-state, and you are in need of uh, a couch or some tables, some things that we're not going to pack, some big ticket items that we are not going to pack to the LA Best Show studio, uh, we will be posting some photos and the way we're going to do it is we're not going to charge anyone anything for these, but we are going to ask for um, a donation to the New Jersey Food Bank uh, for the larger ticket items. We're going to say a $50 or more donation, and you could just uh, send us a screen share of your donation, and that will be enough proof for us. But um Again, and this will be posted today. And also make the donation in, in say it's like for the Best Show Studio when you do the donation. That way we can, because it's just like, it's, it's, we're getting, we're, we're really giving this stuff away at a, at a, it's an incredible bargain. So just do that so we know that it's all going in the right place. And then the food bank, the, the uh, what is it? The C, how do you, it's, it's the what food bank again? Central. It's uh, it's just the New Jersey Food Bank, Food, yeah. Food Bank of New Jersey, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll put all the correct information okay, on, cool. on Thank Instagram you. with the photos, and if you come by, you can take a picture in front of the Best Show mural while you're here, and I'll give you a sticker, and that'll be that. Think of that everyone. Arranged. Think of everyone that sat on that couch. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd sat on that couch. James Murphy. James Murphy. Uh, both Kurt Kurt John Spencer. Yeah. Um, AP Mike. <laughs> Me. Claire O'Kane. Yeah. Claire O'Kane. Mary Houlihan. Lance Bangs. Lance Bleepin' Bangs. Julie Klausner. Julie Klausner. Yeah. The real who's who sat on that couch. <laughs> Neil Haggerty. Neil Haggerty sat on that couch. All right. No, this and that's really great. So check the check the Twitter for the the best show account, which is best show number four life. Yes, that's best show uh, number four life uh, at symbol mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, and yeah, you could you could finally learn for the price of a fifty dollars donation. You can finally learn where the best show studio was for the last the whole time, however many years. Yeah. You'll finally learn on the way out. The secrets and more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all for a good cause. Yeah. So please be a part of that. It's a fun way. We're trying to do a fun and, and, uh, constructive way of, of, uh, making the move. So that's one of the things we're doing. 
Um, yeah, and thanks everybody. Anybody? Any other announcements? One hundred eight point nine, the Hawk, as always. Yeah, one hundred eight point nine, the Hawk. Uh, where you and get follow podcasts. Jason? Changed Jason changed change. his, his social media handles. Yeah, now it's Mister Jason Gore. Mister Jason Gore, you got to have a brand. Mr. Thank Mr. Mr. Finally, the Sonic Dork thing done. Which look served its purpose at the yeah. time. Yeah, it's not who you are anymore. I'm not that. In fact, yeah. one of the things we'll be auctioning off is Jason's uh, Doctor Who robe. Wait, still- no, 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 that's going, that's coming, Pat. I told you, no, that's going to dollars. No, 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 no. I, I already said that. <laughs> no. That's coming here. Throw it out. We can, Pat- we can, we can ship it separately. I'll pay. And this is what I would say with the Doctor Who scarf. <laughs> ship it out to Jason. But if in the meantime, any listener who gets like the couch or whatever comes by. If they no. like throw up, oh, like, like use it as a, use it to, <laughs> to sop up any barf yeah, sop. from any listeners, oh, <laughs> then God. send it back. To, no, then we'll send it back. To yeah. You. Oh, please. <laughs> hey, man, where's your couch? <laughs> I'm a best show. <laughs> hey, man, where's that Doctor Who scarf? <laughs> I got a barf. Um. <laughs> Now, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will be back next week, and I appreciate all of you. Bye-bye. Bye.